Hey, 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 hey. Um, I low-key felt, like, low felt like Fat Albert just now. <laughs> and saying, hey, hey, hey. But anyways, what's up with y'all? Um, what's up with everybody? How y'all doing? Um, shout out to Mixed Spaces. I, I started this podcast today because uh, today I wanted to talk about um, championship rosters. I seen a lot of tweets lately just talking about um, Jalen Brunson, um, Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and people talking about championship teams. And that shit, that shit like bothers me a little bit. Um, uh, the reason why it bothers me is because I've watched the NBA Finals for the past 22 years, and I don't see how Randall Brunson, Tibbs, R.J. Barrett, Grimes, I don't see the correlation from this roster to a championship roster. So as of right now, I'm a bit confused because I continuously see people on the timeline saying, oh, you know, we got Jalen Brunson and, you know, Brunson is, is our point guard for the future. You know, you got other people saying, oh, you know, Tibbs, we got we, we got the uh, 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 number six ranks, ranked offense in the NBA. We got the youngest rotation in the league. Um, we got the we got the ninth best uh, 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 record in the NBA. Like I hear all of those things and I understand everything that everybody is saying. And I understand all of the arguments that you're saying. But, like, I listen to your arguments, and I'm starting to disregard it. Um, no disrespect to anybody, but when I think about championships and cha- championships teams, um, I think about, you know, the one and the two options specifically, right? So I could go back, and I don't need a – I don't need to be in front of my laptop or any of that, but I will be in front of my laptop with, with about within 10 minutes. But I looked at the championship teams for the past about 30, 40 years. And in the past 40 years, right, there's only been two teams that's won an NBA championship. And this is the caveat, right? Think of this caveat. Just think of the caveat. It's only two teams that's won an NBA championship within the past 40 years that has drafted drafted, listen to the word, drafted, either their one option, their two option, or their third option. No other team outside of the 2004 Pistons and the 2021 LA Lakers are the teams that actually won championships without having to draft their one option, their two option, or their three option. What the Knicks are trying to do right now, um, if I'm going by the math, if I'm going by uh, uh, history, what I've seen in, in, in the NBA within the past 23 years, what the Knicks are trying to do has less than less than a 6% chance. And I made sure I checked the number. It's like a 5.7 or some crazy shit. Shout out to Ari because I had to really look this up the other day. I don't know who gave me this this talking point, 
Um, it was Ari. It was somebody. It was me. It was me. Oh, okay. Shout out to you, Ari. And I, I said, yo, you know what? I'm going to really look back just to see what Ari's talking about. And I looked back at the last 30, 40 years. Only the, it, once again, I got to repeat this again. The 2021 LA Lakers. Now that team, right? They tanked about four years. They tanked. They got three straight number two overall picks for tanking, right? They win 33 games. And what do that what happens when they win 33 games? They get LeBron James, right? So when people from from Nick fandom say, oh, the Knicks gotta change the culture, the Knicks gotta do this, the Knicks gotta do that. Did the Lakers have to win to change their culture in order to to, to get LeBron James over to LA? No, they did not, because they was not winning. So this whole the Knicks need to win bullshit bothers me. It bothers me because it's, it's a company man take to just defend the management from, from, from blowback. That's all that is because the Lakers got three straight number two overall picks and traded everything for Anthony Davis. And rightfully so. They got a championship out of trading all of their young guys, right? They got a championship out of LeBron James. So regardless if anybody wants to, you know, poo-poo it, they got a championship. Right. That's not the way I want my championship because I want my championship out the mud. But they got a ring. Right. The second team that has done this, that has won an NBA championship. Right. Where they did not draft their one option, two option or three option. That is the 2004 Pistons with Chauncey Billups. Tayshawn Prince. I know Tayshawn got drafted there, but Tayshawn was not their one, two, or their third option. You know, they got Rasheed Wallace in the in midseason during that year, which I believe put them over the top. You know, they got Ben Wallace from free agency. They got they they, they got a team in 2004 Pistons that was one of the best together teams I've ever seen, and they won that championship basically off of chemistry. Chemistry, and the reason why I say chemistry is because if you all know, um, that was the same year that the Lakers formed this quote-unquote super team when they had Karl Malone, Gary Payton, um, Kobe Bryant, and Shaquille O'Neal. The reason why that team failed, um, rumors, this is just rumors, but the reason why that team had failed is because from what I've seen, the articles I've read, one, Karl Malone started hitting on Vanessa. And him and Kobe had issues early. Um, two, in the finals, Carl Malone had actually got hurt. Um, so there was nobody to kill Slava Medvedenko. <laughs> Remember Slava Medvedenko? I forgot his name. But the Pistons had somebody at the four who used to back up Rasheed Wallace. And there was nobody to actually, like, take him out of the game or take Rasheed Wallace out of the game. And, you know, the last, the last but not least is chemistry. Kobe had no chemistry with Shaq. Kobe was actually ball hogging. Um, what the Pistons did was play Shaq one-on-one, and they trapped Kobe, and they made Kobe make decisions. And Kobe was – even Kobe said it on his interview, shout-out shout to the late um, Kobe being, being Brian. But Kobe said himself, like, yo, I was fucking up. I fucked that, that finals up. I was – I I was – I was – I was basically calling my own number out of sets, a.k.a. meaning I was ball hogging. 
That's all that was. <laughs> but they won out of chemistry. So out of those two teams, who do the Knicks aspire to be? What do you want your rebuild to be? Because if you want your rebuild to be like the Lakers, then you got to get lucky. And what I mean by lucky is you got to get three straight number two overall picks. I don't want to get my championship out of luck. I want my championship out of the mud. Straight out of the mud. So I gave you two instances where two teams won championships the way that the Knicks are trying to do it right now. Because right now, yes, I like Brunson. Brunson, good money. That's my franchise point. Yes, Randall, cool. He cool, right? But when you're trying to make Randall the number one option, when you're trying to make Brunson the number two option, I have to cause and pause and I have to ask questions. And my most famous question I love to ask is, on a championship team within the past 20 years, who is Jalen Brunson the number two option on? Name the team. Somebody said the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. Oh, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks? You're talking about Jason, Jason Terry? I'm not giving Brunson the ball before a hot Jason Terry. With all due respect to Brunson. And that's with all due respect to Brunson. Jason Terry was too hot that year. Who are you starting over? Jason Kidd? I'm not putting the ball in Brunson's hands before Jason Kidd. I don't need Nick Goggles to say that. Who gives the ball to Jalen Brunson before Jason Kidd? I dare you tell me you'll give the ball to Jalen Brunson before Jason Kidd. Come on. Come on. So what do we want? I, I, I be confused sometimes when Nick fans say, I'm just happy with a first-round exit. How are you just happy with a first-round exit? If you're a 90s Knicks fan, how are you happy just to be here? So when you was watching Patrick Ewan getting punched in his mouth and the Knicks didn't give that, that man no help, who was a generational talent, by the way, they probably held John Starks untouchable for certain players in the league because they were scared about the fan blowback. You're watching Black Jesus punch Patrick Ewan in the mouth every year in the playoffs. You don't, you don't want to make a trade. You're just going to keep the same team that you got because you think you good. Do you want to go through another era like that? Do you want to go through a, a, a decade where, yes, okay, trade R.J. Barrett. Go get me Zach Levine. Do you want another decade where all you have to show for it is, well, you know, John Starks, he went 2 for 18 in game seven in the finals. At least we, at least we touched the finals. You want another decade of that? I don't want to. I don't, what is this? What are we rooting for? And there's nothing against Brunson, but I'm not even looking at Brunson for the second half of the season. I'm actually looking at Tom Thibodeau and R.J. Barrett. I'm, real, I'm really alarmed, really alarmed at the way this coach coaches certain players. Yes, Brunson gets his points out the mud, but can Brunson make anybody around him better? That's, uh, that's an issue I have. I'm not looking for Randall to make nobody else around him better. He's not a point guard. And Randall's making somebody better. That is a plus. This is supposed to be Brunson's job. Tim Thibodeau's job is supposed to put your players in positions to succeed. He only puts vets in positions to succeed. And the crazy shit is, I was reading the debate earlier. 
And the, the debate was kind of like annoying me personally. And the reason why the debate was annoying me is because these dudes, you know, my guy, my guy, Shannon, my guy, um, A, they was having a debate. So Shannon was talking about, yo, you know, I mean, Shannon and Tremel, you know, they was talking about, yo, you know, um, the Knicks, we're, 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 we're on our way. We're on the cow. We're, we're on our way. We could win a championship. We could do some things. And the man was comparing Julius Randle to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the man said to him, do you know Giannis and Randle is the same age? And when I hear a rebuttal like, well, it doesn't matter if they're, same, they're the same age. I still think Randall and these boys can. What are you trying to say? At one point, Michael Jordan and, and, and Patrick Ewan was the same age. You think they was the same caliber of player? Sometimes you just got to accept the truth. A lot of fans don't really like to accept the truth. There's no way you're going to tell me. Brunson and Randall's going to win a championship. If these boys get out the first round, I swear to God I'm coming outside with a Julius Randall jersey. I swear to God I would. Because I want to see it. But I don't see it with this team. I don't see it with this team. Randall, wouldn't, Randall and Brunson, they wouldn't be top two options on the 2000 Lakers. No way in hell. Matter of fact, let's skip from 2000 to 2003. Randall and Brunson, I don't even need a fucking computer for this. Those two boys would never be a top two option on that team. So we're going to go skip right next to the 2004, 2004 Pistons. No. Um, right after the 2004 Pistons, who you want to skip to? The fucking Spurs? Ain't no way in hell I'm giving Jalen Brunson the ball before Tony Parker. You could kick fucking rocks. You're giving, it, you're giving Julius Randle the ball before Ginobili? You go fuck yourself. Respectfully. The 2006, um, 2006 Miami Heat. 2006 Miami Heat had D-Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. I'm not giving Randle or Jalen Brunson the ball before either one of those guys. The 2007 fucking Spurs. Let's skip over that team. Even the, the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, Jalen Brunson might be the second option on that team. But when you got a 20, 21, 22-year-old LeBron James, it shouldn't matter about who the fuck else is on your team because you got a generation of talent. So who, who are we going to next? 2007? What I think 2007 was the Spurs. <laughs> Once again, these boys were winning championship. 2008. Um, the Boston Celtics, on what on God's green earth is anybody giving the fucking basketball to Brunson or Randall before Paul Pierce, before Ray Allen, before Kevin Garnett? No, you are not. If you do, maybe your Twitter handle is NYK Mentality, and you got another stupid-ass stat for me that you want to share talking about how good Tim is. Maybe, maybe, maybe you got one of those. Because only a dickhead would want to give Jalen Brunson the ball before prime four picks. Some of you dudes anger me on this app. Anger me. Anger me. And if I had a company man in my space right now, I know the motherfucker say, well, you know, State, you know Jalen Brunson is more fit, efficient than Paul Pierce. Efficient, my balls. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that. With all the respect, 
Who are you going to give the 2009 Lakers? Kobe Bryant, Paul Gasol. You're not giving them the ball over either side player. Um, so who you want after the 2009 Lakers, right? I mean, 2009 Lakers. You're going to the 2010 Lakers. You're having the same issue. So now we're going to the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. On the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, if your argument is Jason Terry, once again, I already said to people, I am not giving Jalen Brunson the ball before a hot 2011 Jason Terry. I am sorry. I am so sorry. With all due respect. Who are you going to who, – what's the next champion? Miami Heat 2012? You're not giving Jay, only a dude like Ralph, Keith, the real, the real supreme company man, only the real supreme company man will make an argument and say they'd rather give the ball to Jalen Brunson than Dwayne Wade on the Miami Heat. Company men will make the argument. They'll make the argument. Well, 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 Brunson, he, he's more efficient. You know, Brunson, he can – he. he you know, Brunson, you, you know company men to make that stupid-ass argument. They would definitely make that argument. I had a dude a year or two ago tell me Chris Bosh ain't better than Julius Randle. If I'm lying, I'm flying. God strike me dead. Yo, what's up, OG? Chris Bosh? Yo, some, some idiot. My fault. I'm at work, fella. Some idiot last year said Julius Randle was better than Chris Bosh. That's yeah, I know they're crazy. I know drug drug abuse. Oh, young puppy, you know, eh, young puppy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, half the shit that I hear on Nick's Twitter. If I was to tell a lot of my coworkers a lot of the stupid shit that y'all say, they would laugh at me. They would laugh at me, right? So, you know. Shout out to Big Nick Energy. Yo, the one thing I will say is Big Nick Energy and those guys, people are like people like that are frauds. I don't respect people like that. The reason why I don't give a shit is your profile was ran by four or five people. When you come out and you say Julius Randle is better than Chris Bosch, I'm never taking you serious again. When you come out, and you tried to trade R.J. Barrett for De'Ara Fox. I'm never taking this new serious again. When you come out and you say, bench R.J. Barrett for Evan Fournier, I'm never listening to you again. Why well, these people I don't need to listen to? I'm not turning on a podcast, and I want to hear you kiss Tom Thibodeau's ass. I'm good. Who the fuck want to listen? Nick and Nader drives, right? So the OG drives. Imagine the OG driving. And he's listening to a math equation when somebody's talking about basketball. Nobody gives a fuck about Raptor. Raptor? That's a dinosaur. P-E-R. <laughs> he, got, he, he got a Raptor of 0.5 and, and, and 6.15. Win shares. Nobody don't give a shit about that, man. Nobody don't give a shit about that, man. Very annoying. Very, very annoying. And the, the, the sad, the crazy shit is, I'll give y'all an example. Julius Randle. I have never got on Julius Randle about his efficiency. I don't care about efficiency. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't care about it. 
Some of my favorite basketball players of all time is inefficient. Allen Iverson, inefficient. I watched Kobe Bryant win a game seven, shooting four for 28 from the field versus three, four Hall of Famers. Inefficient. I don't care about efficient. Efficiency, smishency, tishency, tightacy, smitacy. I don't give a shit about that shit, man. I'm not going in the barbershop asking my barber about LeBron's true shooting percentage. That shit is stupid. Um, so let's keep going. You go, you go to the 2015 Warriors, right? Shout out to the Warriors because when winning the championship, it, 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 it always takes luck. It's a lot of luck involved in winning the NBA championship. There was a lot of luck involved in LeBron James coming back from 3-1. It's a lot of luck involved in um, even Draymond Green just just getting hurt, you know. Um, I mean, not even hurt, getting suspended. It takes a lot of luck for Kyrie Irving to hit that shot. It takes a lot of luck in order for Stephen Curry, on his way to his first championship, face every single point guard who was injured. Literally, he played no starting point guards that year. He won the championship in 2015. Literally. Go do your homework. So it takes a lot of luck. You giving Julius Randle a Brunson the ball before Clay Thompson and Draymond Green? Only a company man will say he'll give the ball to uh, uh, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. Um, I mean, he'll give the ball to Jaden Brunson before Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Company men will say it. And they'll make an argument, too, because they'll give you some bullshit stats. You know how company men do? Well, Jalen Brunson, he's averaging 22 and 6. You know, you, you know how the company men vibes? Company men value stats. I don't value stats that much. I value the eye test because I watch a lot of basketball, right? For example, if I told you right now, if I told you right now that Brunson, Grimes, if I told you right now that Brunson, Grimes, and R.J. Barrett all has the same defensive rating, but you only see a lot of R.J. Barrett tweets, how would you feel about that? And if you think I'm lying, go check Stat Moose right now. Right now. Go check Stat Moose right now. Go check it right now. Go check that shit. Just to make sure, like, yo, yo, you know, state be on some bullshit. Go check the stats. That's why when people be like, yo, you don't know basketball, uh, uh, just because I don't regurgitate or throw up math stats all the fucking time, don't think I don't know the stats, bro. Because I do. I do. And I know Julius Randle got one of the best defensive ratings on the Knicks. Do I view Julius Randle as a defender? Fuck no. Julius Randle can't defend his life if he save if it save him. He defends with effort. He's give he's giving effort. I don't view him as a defender. It's the difference, right? So back to the conversation I had. 2015 Warriors, Jalen Brunson, Randle. You're not getting the fucking ball over Curry, Clay Thompson. No. 2016, who? Kyrie Irving and LeBron King James? You better fuck off. You better fuck off. You better fuck. And, and it's crazy because all of the teams I just named literally drafted their one option or their two option on their respective team. Literally, every single team that I just named. Golden State drafted, Golden State drafted Steph Curry. That's their championship one option. 
Kevin Durant don't count. He's a championship two option. You know how he's a championship two option? Because championship two options, those dudes, right, those dudes only win championships when they get next to a championship one option is Steph Curry. He went, he left a team that was up 3-1 to go join a team where he lost his 3-1 lead to to join a championship one option. That is a fact. Yo, Jamal, oh, I use your charger piece real quick. That's a fact. He left, he left that shit. He left the ones. Come on now. Russell Westbrook, he's another one. He's a championship two option. Kevin Durant, championship two options. Championship two options will never win a championship if you keep collecting championship two options and trying to put them together. You will never win a championship, ever. Ever. I, you could put a million championship two options together. You will not make a championship one option out of that. That's why with Nick fans, like y'all kill me when y'all say, "Oh well, we could get a third person to supplant a, a, a Jewish fan." This and the third one, y'all need to realize: once Randall got that almighty fourth seed, he has the biggest nuts in MSG. In MSG, it's him. I got y'all to the playoffs. For who the fuck is you to tell me? Give me the fucking ball. And don't get me wrong, he's playing damn good. 20, you know, 24 and 11. You know, he's playing damn good. He's playing his ass off. But that's not going to lead to nothing significant. And the way the Knicks operate, if Randall was a better basketball player, if he was just more elite, good afternoon. Hey, I'm good at you. That's good. If Randall was more elite, I wouldn't have no problem with the Knicks putting him as the face of their franchise. I wouldn't have no problem with it. I wouldn't have no problem. When I say stuff like his stats is inflated, it's not to really disrespect him. It's just to put stuff in perspective. If he was on a championship team, would he average the same stats he's averaging now? No, he would not. No, he would not. Only a, only a sicko like Ralph would say some dumb shit. Some, I don't even call it. I don't even want to call it dumb. But only a sicko like Ralph would say some silly shit like that. Like, oh, you know, he'll still average 24 and 11 on the Golden State Warriors. No, he would not. Oh, Brunson, he'll still average 22 and 6 if you got a champion. No, he would not. No, he would not. Learn the game, son. There's no planet with Julius Randle averaging 24 and 11, and your team is in championship contention. What multiverse do y'all live in? Do we need some type of some type of Marvel artifact to jump universes so I can see the stupid shit that some of y'all see? Because I don't see it. You know, you got, you got fans. Oh, you know, Brunson. Brunson, he, he, yo, Brunson finding people, but they not making their shots. So the new excuse for Jalen Brunson, whenever you want to criticize him, is his teammates is not making shots. Interesting. Interesting. His teammates is not making shots, but the Knicks have the highest offensive rating that they've had in 20 years. So which, which narrative are we going to run with? I need to know. I need to know. I would love to know. Let's get back to the conversation at hand. We're going to skip out of respect. For Brunson and Randall, 
I'm going to skip the 2017 Warriors and the 2018 Warriors. It's pointless to even talk about those two teams. Pointless. Pointless. Only a company man will say he will give the basketball, right, to Jalen Brunson over Kevin Durant. I know a company man will say it. I know what I'm going to say. Yo, there's a dude on this app right now that would say some dumb shit like that. I know it. I feel it in my heart. So let's skip over those two. 2019 Raptors. First of all, the 2019 Raptors drafted Pascal Siakam, and they drafted Fred Van Fleet. So Pascal Siakam was the second option on that championship team. So my point stands still. They drafted the championship two option, right, and developed them. That's what they did. That is a fact. This shouldn't be debatable. Right? You know, you got people, people like Tony, he commented under the tweet, well, you know, you know, you know how Tony talk. Well, you know, that's a bunch of bullshit. And I tell the truth. And the truth is, right, that the Knicks, right, you know, they did all the necessary moves, right? And, 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 and I don't want to hear that shit, man. So, so I don't be wanting to hear some of that shit some of these dudes be talking, man. With all due respect, I go into a space, I genuinely don't want to hear from NYK mentality. Genuinely don't. I genuinely, I genuinely don't want to hear from him because he has the same talking point that all of the company men have. All of them. Just like how negative Nick's Twitter, this is the funny shit too. You notice how people come at negative Nick's Twitter and they say, oh, well, Ari, oh, well, Steve, you got the same talking point, this, that, and third. Don't y'all notice positive Nick's Twitter got the same talking points? <laughs> they got the same talking voice. You know, Tibbs did a good job. Okay, cool. How did he do a good job? Well, Tibbs is the first winning coach in the in, in the on the Knicks since Mike Woodson. Um, Tibbs is the first Knicks coach to have the Knicks thirty three and twenty seven after a decade. You know, Tibbs is the first this. Tibbs is the first that. Tibbs is the first this. Tibbs is the first that. Okay. What is Tibbs' playoff record? It is well below 500. Why is Tibbs' playoff record well below 500? Somebody gave the argument that, oh, well, he ran into LeBron James. Didn't his Chicago team have more wins than that Miami Heat team? Could have sworn Tibbs had a couple of All-Stars, too. So which one is it? Did Tibbs have a couple of All-Stars in Minnesota? I'm confused. And... The funny thing about my coach, that R.J. Barrett, uh, 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 th- these R.J. Barrett trade bullshit things, that pieces that I read, um, these shits kill me because fans make fun, right? You can make fun of R.J. Barrett. You can say you want to trade him. You can say that you want to do this. You can say whatever you want to say about the young man. But when you trade R.J. Barrett, you trade him for a guy like Zach Levine, what is your future like then? So that's when I'm going to flip it on to you, and I'm going to say to you, do you like the product that you're watching? Do you genuinely want to see Zach Levine look off Randall for a contested three-pointer? Because I don't, me personally. Do you want Zach Levine on the next books in 2024, making $50 million, dollars? Twenty. Two million more than R.J. Barrett. That's what people want. Had another thread member 
Shout out to my guy Rick, man. But he be saying some stupid shit too. He gonna say to me, "Well, you know, you know, I'm uh, we, we could get to the second round, and then we could get to the rest later, brother, brother Noomsi." I watched Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving not get out the first round in four years. I watched better basketball teams than this current Nick team not get out the first round. I watched Tracy McGrady in his prime lose a 3-1 lead while Doc Rivers was his coach. I watched the 2007 Houston Rockets get taken out early, and I believe that was by the Utah Jazz and Darren Williams. I watched the New Jersey Nets eliminate the Knicks in the first round of the playoffs back then. I'm not even going to tell y'all what year it is because I know Nickinator knows. I know Stan knows. I know Dip knows. So I don't need to repeat that shit anymore. Like, I watched these things. It's kind of disgusting. You know? Um, I think the, um, the biggest thing what I'm trying to learn is I'm trying to learn what, what do fans want? What do people want? I'm trying to learn what do the Knicks want? Right. So, okay, you want to build with you want to build around Randall Brunson and Josh Hart. What is that going to lead to? What are you trying to do? What do you what do you want to accomplish? Are you do you want to accomplish getting to the playoffs so you can raise your ticket prices for season ticket holders like Nick and Nader to pay more for him to sit front row to watch Julius Randall ISOs? <laughs> got people like Tramel <laughs> and Tramel I've been reading all of your silly ass tweets today I don't even want to take a part of that Twitter conversation because it's fucking stupid it's genuinely fucking stupid I don't want to read that how are you putting Durant in the same sentence as Randall how are you putting Kyrie in the same sentence as Jalen I don't want to read that shit I'll read it from afar but you're not I'm not learning anything from your conversation all I'm learning from your conversation is how to be a company man, how to root positive for the Knicks, how to make everything seem good. And you know what's crazy? The Knicks got my guy, Doug. Shout out to Doug. They got you, Doug. You know, Doug put out a beautiful video about Josh Hart. You know, and it broke my heart. It broke my heart. I had to break over. I had to roll a blunt for that. It broke my heart, genuinely. I said, look, they got Doug, too. They always get the good ones. Mm -mm. They always get the good ones. Because you know what the Knicks do? We've been injected with this journeyman syndrome since the early 2000s. So whenever a, 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 a journeyman vet comes to the Knicks, we always tend to root for them the hardest. So this whole Josh Hart thing, like, it's cool and all. Like, it's great. Like, hoorah. Yay. But, Doug, do you sit back sometimes, put some weed in your little, your, your blunt, you know, you look like a, bang, you're a bong smoker. So I'm going to say you put some weed in your bong, you know, probably might put a little grab in there. Do you ever think to yourself, wow, we're going to pay Josh Hart $15 million. I wonder what the Knicks is going to do with Emmanuel quickly and every topic. Do you ever think about that? Because I thought about it this morning. 
No, I thought about it. I think about it probably every other day now. Do you think Tremel thinks about this? Josh Hart getting fifteen million. What are we doing away from you quickly and Obi Top? And you know what's the dickhead shit about company man? A company man to tell you. The Knicks can go over the cap and re-sign these guys. We could go over the cap. We could go in the luxury tax. We can re-sign. We can re Why the fuck would I want to re-sign Obi and quickly and and sign Josh Hart to this roster? Where is the superstar? Where's the superstar? I have no problem spending that money. I'm, I, I want James Dolan to spend that money. But you don't spend like this when you have no superstar. You have no superstar. So it, it 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 confuses me when when people bring up certain takes and I don't I, I don't understand what they want. And then I'm reading another conversation earlier. You know, you got the same people talking about RJ Barrett. You know, oh RJ Barrett's this, RJ Barrett's that, RJ Barrett's this, whatever. You can judge that young man the way you want, right? You can want to trade R.J. Barrett, but by all means, be my guest. But you have no solution after we do that trade. You got another, you got another group of section of people who wants to trade R.J. Barrett for Jimmy Butler. Some dickhead shit. That is, that's a dickhead statement by Don. Hey, yo, state, state, state. Hold up, my brother. Hello. Hey, listen, man. Uh, I just came up here, you know, because... I heard you was lying on my name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, I got to correct. I got to correct the young brother when he's doing that, right? So all that of, oh, I was comparing Julius Randle to Kevin Durant. <laughs> just just admit to the people right now you was lying, and we can move no, on from that. Man. No, no, no. It's called, it's called laying out the bait, right? Because... I wasn't a part of your column, right? But all I seen was Randall and Kevin Durant. That's all I seen. And right. Me, so, so you took that. Hold on, hold on, hold right? on. I've learned. I've learned how to. It's called media training. So I've learned how to say certain words or say certain names or titles to bring people in. And you fell for the bait. Well, Easily. you can call it. You can call it Easily. media training. Okay. I can call it lying out of your ass. Oh, e either okay. one, either one could be correct. So how do right? I now about the about the Josh Hart situation, uh -huh. right? That's uh -huh. another thing you brought up, right? Yeah. Why would we want to pay Josh Hart? Listen, no, that's I, not. No. I, I've explained correct this, correct yourself to you numerous times. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just get Why this off real quick. Let me just get this off real quick because what? you 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 have a hard time understanding the premise. Yes, I do. Right. Yes, so I do. The premise Speak more. Is, uh huh. We Tremel, you're killing me. Tremel, I don't know if you're in the East River. You're killing me right now. You're and, killing me. Can you hear me now? I don't know. I don't know where you at, but it sounds like you're in a dead spot, Tremel. I think you gotta like go back down and come back up, uh, because I genuinely can't hear you. But um, I peeped in, peeped into your conversation, Jamel. You tried to basically say that the trajectory of Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson 
is that of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Now, if he didn't say that, you could come up here and explain yourself because that's what I've seen from afar. And I totally disagreed with that take. So that's the reason why I, like, I need you to like vividly explain what you were trying to say with that take. Because on no planet, Julius Randle has never done anything close to Kevin Durant. Now, if your argument was Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson is still getting better, that may be true. Right, that but, wasn't none of that was the argument. So I, that's what I'm saying. I don't, oh, want, I don't even want to stick there because none of what you said, uh, all that, none of that was the argument. If, so what was the argument? The argument and, and was, you know, so we got a a brother in a thread, and he gets confused a lot, right? So he seems to think that Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson is old in NBA years, right? And I was explaining to him that these guys are considered young veterans. When you look at the landscape for the NBA and look at all the competitive teams right now, look at their veterans, look at our veterans, our veterans are younger, which means that they're in their early prime and their prime can be sustained for another four, five, six years. That's, that was my argument, right? And I brought up certain players who are in their mid-30s. Not only did I, did I bring up Kevin Durant, Durant, I brought up Brooke Lopez. Um, Drew Holiday was brought up. There's, there's, there's other players who were brought up in that oh. conversation. And oh, it was, okay. So let me stop you real quick. That's why I got annoyed with what you said. Because you can't compare a 28 Julius Randle and his trajectory to a 28-year-old Julius Randle. So I think that's where you lost But it, ain't, it ain't about a trajectory. It's about sustainability within it, but, but hold on. Sustainability. If you want to understand the argument, you got to understand the premise, right? So I'm okay. talking about sustainability in the NBA. How long does an NBA player in today's NBA stay within their prime years? Right. And then we got several players who have shown even when they get to their mid 30s, 33, 34, 35, they're still in their late prime. They're still producing. And you know, why the same way like they produce in their late 20s. So that was my only point in that whole discussion. And then somehow you lumped that into me comparing Julius Randle to Kevin Durant as far as talent and ability, and that was not the case, right? But so, your, so I want to move on, on from that. Your point, your point to me is bullshit because it sounds like, it just sounds like you're trying to say that some a uh, 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 superstar's career, like I'll just throw anybody out. Um, Gilbert Arena's prime is the same as Kevin Durant's prime. That's what it sounds like. No, it, and it you don't sound like that because I just, okay. it, it, I'm talking about, sustainability within someone's prime it don't you can don't matter who the player is the, no, it does what matter. was considered prime five years ago 10 years ago guys are being able to sustain that longer in 2023 and beyond that's yeah, that's I, a proven I mean, fact that's that's the only argument i was making like and so, i want to move on uh, from that because it's stupid it's pointless no, 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 no. Because no. you're, you're, you're still, you're still stuck. In Let me ask you this question. Julius so Randle is Julius so Randle is not a superstar. You're not doing He'll this. He'll never shit. be a superstar. He's an all star. Okay, mm -mm. he's an all star mm -mm. player, and he's in his early prime, and mm -mm. he has he has years mm -mm. 
at least a good three or four, five, maybe years that he's can continue to sustain himself at this current level. That's that was my entire point. That was my entire and your argument. point is bullshit. It sounds like it's like it's like trying to compare Shaq Prime to Carl Anthony Towns Prime. Your point is bullshit. Okay, it's so 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 how, how many years? Let me ask you this: How many years, in your opinion, does Julius Randle have left to play at this current level? I I don't care about how many years. No, he got that's left. the argument. No, no, listen, because don't tell me you don't care. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm talking talent. about the argument is sustainability, not talent, not ability. Hey, I hey, ask so, the question. How Yo, many years? It wouldn't matter. How many Yo, years do you think Julius Randle has left to play at his current level that he's playing right now? No, he could play at this level for the rest of his life. He will never be prime Kareem Abdul Jabbar. It's a difference between like your premise is ridiculous. And to that's me. not that, my point. See, that's what but, I'm saying. You're still lost in the sauce. Because that Harlem, is, that Harlem, where, where'd you go? Your, to your point is man? bullshit, man. Where'd you go to school at, brother? No, no, no bro. First of all, I went to Wiley. Then I went to then I went to Manhattan Center. Your point is bullshit. And the reason why your so, point is bullshit. Do you understand you, that I'm not saying? I understand that, what you're saying. What, what am I saying? saying? Well, okay, tell me, tell me what I'm saying. Bro, you trying to say that sustainability can, can happen across for all NBA players. I, that's cool. Like, that's cute. But what I'm saying to you is I don't give a fuck about your sustainability because Shaq Shaquille O'Neal's prime is different from Mitchell Robinson's prime. That's what I'm saying to you. The level of player as is far what as I'm talent, saying. yeah, that's not my argument. I understand that. That that's not, I, I, listen. We're, we don't disagree there. Do you understand that? I'm not disagreeing now, with your point. I, yo, yeah, I understand your point too, but you can't say you can't. You can say sustainability, but you can't leave out the level of talent or the level of player that you're talking about, bro. There's no way that Randall's prime is the same as Shaq prime. So when I tell you I don't trust Julius Randle as my number one option, we will never win anything significant with him. That's what I mean by that. So when you give me proms, that's like, yo, Tremel, that's like saying Jalen Brunson's prom will be the same as Allen Iverson. Come on now, bro. Listen, your, your, your point is valid. We, I, I believe we need a superstar as well. Okay? So I'm not even disagreeing with your point there. We're not we're not disagreeing here. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. But the 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 Wale education ain't hitting right now. <laughs> so Wale, you mean well? That's his name. <laughs> I call him well. <laughs> I just Listen, um. But but uh, so let's get back to the let's get back to the contract thing, right? Because you mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned Josh Hart, right? And yeah. here's here's my point on this, and I I want you to to listen so you can understand what I'm saying. We have two players who are coming off the books within the next two years. Derrick Rose, he makes almost $15 million, And Evan Fournier, who makes, by the end of his contract, be making $19 million, right? So if you do the math there, that's $34 million that they have to utilize to keep this level of cap right now. And we also know that the cap goes up, right? So when I say Josh Hart can fit in the current situation, that's what I'm talking about. Because I'm looking at Josh Hart as a guy 
people we can utilize to replace Derrick Rose's money, right? And when I say they don't have to move quickly in that scenario, because I'm looking at Emmanuel quickly as a guy who can replace Evan Fournier's money. And that's, that's, that doesn't even include the cap going up. So that is my whole point in that scenario. So I'm not talking about going over the cap. I'm not talking about becoming a tax team. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about replacing contract for contract. Do you understand that? Yo, I understand you, but you know why your point is bullshit with that point? When it comes to Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose, if I'm a team, I don't even want to trade you any type of asset in order for you to place those two contracts on me for you to get um for you to get cap space for you to re-sign your guy. So I think that's a silly way of uh, of thinking about it. This is the reason why the Knicks used the first round pick to get off of the bad contracts they originally signed the season before in order for them to sign Jalen Brunson. Another premise that I disagree with, because I felt like you could have still drafted at 11 and you could have still got Jalen Brunson. Um, all you didn't have to do was sign Isaiah Hardestine. And, you know, these things are, are reoccurring. Like, the whole – the Knicks love signing vets and they love supplanting their young guys who they drafted with vets. They did this with, with – with, Julius Randle, RJ. Now let me now let me stop you here. What? Because I, I got to correct something that you just said that was that was not true. Okay. Now for one, Derrick Rose, after this season, he has a team option on his contract. Team, right? So team you think, option. So you think so Tibbs is going to let him? That means that means that the Knicks can choose to not re-sign Derrick Rose to that current number. Yo, and you... replace Derrick Rose with Josh Hart. Yo, Derrick Rose is delusional. not in the rotation. That's How the... is it delusional? He's not even playing. He's not even contributing to the team That's right how... now. Yo, he's gotta... already been he's already been phased out. So yeah, you yeah. gotta listen, you gotta see the force from the trees here. No. Derrick Rose has yeah, been hey, phased bro. out already. So it's... when his contract is up at the end of this season, we can make a bet. I mean, if you if listen, you I've already won two bets from you already, so you already know how my bet. Game What's the is. two bets you won for me? The the two bets I can't even remember. But I know you sent me money twice. So you, you won. You know what I'm saying? I know you sent me money twice. So you but won. Here's the thing. First bet. We can, we can make a bet. We can make a bet. If you if you if you're thinking that I'm being delusional, right? We can make a bet right now. And what I'm saying is. That at the end of this season, they're going to let Derrick Rose go wherever he want to go, and they're going to re-sign Josh Hart to that similar contract framework of Derrick Rose. Yo, you still not answering my question. What do we do with Quickly and Obi? Because now, you're listen, okay, so 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 Quickly and Obi, we got to understand they have another year remaining oh, yo, yo, in their current out, contract. Out, right there. Let me stop you right there. That other year bullshit that you about to spit to me, I absolutely don't want to hear that. Um, there's already rumors that Quickly's representatives um, have been talking to the Knicks uh, about a contract extension, but they also are uh, are unsure about Quickly's role on the team in the future-wise. And if I'm Emmanuel Quickly, you did not start me my rookie year. You did not start me my second year. You just gave somebody $100 million to play point guard, the position that you drafted me for. 
If I'm quickly, I'm leaving. As far as Obi is concerned, if I'm Obi Toppin, another player who you did not, you know, treat him with with care because obviously you're resigned Julius Randle. So why the fuck would I from from a a, a quickly standpoint or Obi standpoint resign with the Knicks? I'm going to make a fuss about it because the rumors, right? I'm just talking about the rumors. After you resign Josh Hart and you keep quickly and Obi on your roster for a whole extra season, that is more nonsense that the Knicks don't need. That is okay. More- and 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 listen. So some of the stuff you're spitting right now is valid, right? But then some of the stuff you also spitting is full of mal- malarkey, for sure, right? Because number one, you're not Emmanuel Quickly. You're state from <laughs> Harlem. Guy. Right, your state from Harlem, right? Number two, you haven't read anywhere to where Emmanuel quickly said something uh adversarial about his contract situation or his representative saying something arbitrary about his contract situation. Bro, I got what we do know, what we do know is quickly right now. He he has a major role within a rotation, even though he's not starting. What he's is his playing role? starter minutes. He's what is averaging role? almost 30 minutes a game. He's closing some games. What do you mean, what is his role? He's the ultimate utility player off of the bench right now. He's the backup <laughs> point guard, but he's playing almost 30 minutes a game because he also plays shooting guard, right? That's, that, that is the importance of the nine-man rotation, to give a guy like Quickly – some more minutes, right? So, Quickly's getting fed right now. Quickly's a, a plays a vital role for this team, and he's he's balling out, right? So, look, but he's also right now. He's not a, a all star level player right now. He's not a superstar level player right now. Usually, what happens is when they get to their fourth season, which he's going to be approaching. Next year, they get into that season, and they're playing on that contract, right? And that's what's going to happen with Emmanuel quickly, right? He's not going to get re-signed right out the bat, like like some of the guys who went in the top of that draft class. He's going to be a guy who is going to go into his fourth year under his current deal, and he's going to get re-signed somewhere along either early 2024 or he'll uh, get re-signed approaching restricted free agency. So you got to understand. Hold on, let me let me let me say this. You got to understand the man you quickly situation is he's a restricted free agent, right? So the Knicks, the Knicks own and maintain all of his contractual rights, right? So it's just like the uh the uh, DeAndre Ayton situation to where even though Ayton now listen, this guy was a, a, a top pick, unlike Quickly. Quickly was a 25 pick. Ayton was at the top of the draft, right? Usually those guys at the top of the draft they get their extensions early. The Suns chose not to give him that extension early. They decided to roll the dice, right? They rolled the dice. Ayton got upset. He, he signed the contract with another team. What did Phoenix do? They matched and retained his rights. And Aiton, he can be upset all he wants, but he had to come and, and put on that Phoenix 
son's uniform no matter what. So that's what I'm saying. When you, you're, you're dealing with a different situation with quickly, right? He's not a top pick, but he's also playing a vital role. He's also going to get paid. He just got to wait a little bit. That's all. But, but he, listen, he's going to get a four-year type deal, probably a little longer, maybe four or five years. And he, he's going to be taken care of. It, I don't have any, listen, I don't have any worry. I don't have, I don't have any worry. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't worry about quickly at all as okay. far as getting resigned, but you getting told, traded, you told none me, of that stuff. You just told me to not speak for quickly, but then you just told me that quickly is willing to wait another year to get paid. No, okay. I didn't say he was willing to wait another year. What I said is he is a restricted free agent approaching restricted free agency on a rookie deal. He doesn't really have much options. Here. He can't. He don't. He doesn't have the options to go anywhere else. The, the Knicks own his contractual obligation. That's what I'm telling you. It's a different situation, right? Unlike Josh Hart. See, Josh Hart at the end of this season, he becomes an unrestricted free agent, which means the Knicks do not own his contractual rights. He can go anywhere and get a contract from anywhere, and, and the Knicks couldn't do anything about that. The Manu Quickly situation is much different. The Knicks are in a driver's seat in that situation. So that's why when people bring up any quickly discontent or worries about quickly, whether he's going to be resigned or traded, I don't worry about that because the Knicks are in total control of his contractual situation. That's that's all I'm telling you. We'll see, man. Um, I mean, I, I, yo, Udoka, what's up, yo? I see you pulled up. I'm so no, sorry. That's, that's that's all right. No, just on the on the last point I, with regard to um, what the Knicks are trying to do, you know, in signing R.J. Barrett, and you know I, whether or not I agree with the benefit of hindsight, I, I probably don't. But um, trying to you know treat their homegrown talent properly. If you were to do a redraft the 2020 draft, I, I don't see Emmanuel quickly going any lower than number seven, maybe even top five. Um, I see the way DeAndre Ayton came back and the absolute crap chemistry um, on the Suns as a result of the way they treated him poorly and, and let him go into free agency and, and, and get an offer sheet and, you know, have a promise of of a rosier future somewhere else just to sort of say, fuck you, you're done. I'm matching it. And it, it, you know, I would be, I would be, I would be appalled if the Knicks, if the Knicks did what the Suns did. And, and, you know, I think that that would leave a bad taste in, in any, uh, nobody on, on this team deserves that type of bullshit. Least, least, least of whom is, is Emmanuel quickly. The other thing I would say is um, Emmanuel quickly, you know, it's too small sample size, but, his minutes went from mid thirties to mid twenties after Hart joined the team. And I don't know, you know, what to make of that. I'm going to keep a close eye on it, but you know, if he, if he sees like a 30, 40% reduction in his minutes because of the heart addition, I'm, I'm going to be pretty upset. Oh, Oh, you might as well start getting upset now. You know, Quinn Grimes hasn't touched 30 since Josh Hart been in Nick, right? Hey, side chick. Side, can I ask side chick a question real quick? Oh, God. Hey, hey, side chick. How I'm you doing? good. How are you? Uh, 
I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. And it's a pleasure uh, being able to speak to you and ask you a question, uh, Princess. Hey, my, my question is this. So do you think quickly, right, understanding what has happened to some of the other young guys on the Knicks as far as Mitchell Robinson getting re-signed, as far as R.J. Barrett getting re-signed, as far as the Knicks showing quickly that they're going to take care of their guys. Do, do you think he, he sees that and he, he believes in that? Or do you think he's more of a malcontent like Aiton was, like not really believing in what the Knicks front office is doing as far as taking care of their own players? Um, well, it's a hard question to answer, right? Because when RJ was signed to his extension, you know, it was clear he was a starter. Um, you know, his, his, his stature is sort of diminished pretty significantly with A, his piss poor play and, and B, the addition of, um, of Jalen Brunson, right? He's no longer like one of the big two, but um, in the case of Mitchell Robinson, you know, he's their starting center, right? And he was a 58 pick and, he's got no offensive game that he's at least allowed to, to demonstrate. Right. I, I, you know, I see the, the shooting threes and I'm intrigued by all that. And the one crossover move he did in the course of a game, which I, I shudder to think what happened to him on the sidelines that, you know, we didn't see with Tibbs, but, um, but IQ is in a different situation, right? You've got teams like the Suns actively courting him as a starter, you know, to basically lead that squad. Um, and, you know, I mean, can you imagine if you're Emmanuel quickly, the opportunity to be a starting point guard on a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, um, when you're thinking about your long-term value in the league versus being a backup and sort of fighting for minutes, um, in a set of circumstances where, you know, his minute allocation seems to diminish depending on who the flavor of the week to, you know. Tom Thibodeau loves and, and brings in. Um, I don't know. It's not an easy comparison. I, I think that Dolan has has done a lot to improve the culture, for sure, with the way he treated Mitchell Robinson and, and R.J. Barrett, even though I would have been a little bit more transactional with R.J. Barrett. But again, benefit of hindsight, right, 2020. Um, I, think it, I, I think Emmanuel quickly might be a special case. I don't know that the rule can can apply to him. Quick, I, I love quickly too. Uh, I think that what's what will save him is that this regime drafted him. Um, but at the same time, if I'm Emmanuel quickly, man, I'm not staying on the New York Knicks to be the backup. Yo, I'm just not doing it. He's too good to be the backup. He's not trash. I think that's what annoys me the most. Like, dude, not trash. And he's averaging career highs across the board. So I wouldn't imagine like I, I don't know if he if he loves the Knicks I, I guess he would want to stay I would love for him to stay if he actually loves his, loves his, our team his agent would be would be negligent not to say to him you know you're doing yourself a long term disservice after you know year four not stepping out and and taking a starting role the Suns like him as much as as it's reported. Um, it would be it would it would be bad it would it would be bad also for the Knicks not to let him go. I read, but the Suns the Suns are no longer 
with the financial flexibility to even offer him a big type of contract or even a big type of role with the trade that they well, made. Wait a second. We've so, got Matt Sheban, who, you know, is willing to blow through the luxury tax and spend whatever it takes. I, I don't, you know, I don't think you can compare the two teams. One has an owner that, you know, is hell bent on making a statement ASAP. And, and we've got an owner that's like quite limited by the fact that MSG is publicly traded and he can't really, you know, piss off shareholders by going through by going through the cap. I, I never understood that um, not saving cap space thing because we are the largest market in America. But at the same time, I can understand why the Suns owner went all in. Uh, you got, when you have a chance to get Kevin Durant and you got a number one overall pick on your roster already and you got another lottery pick who's been playing out of his mind, you have to take that chance. Um, chances like that don't come often. Uh, I think that the Knicks, we – I just don't like the way we operate. Like, when it comes to quickly, like, what if – that like, he's one of the biggest what ifs I've seen on the Knicks in about a couple of years. Because quickly would not – I know exactly what you're going to say. What if, but what if, but not for Alfred Payton? But what if, but not for Alec Burks? Where would he be right now? Yeah, like, uh, where, like where would he be? Like, would we have Jalen Brunson and quickly I know, for- I know. I asked myself the same, the same exact question. And, you know, I I, I love Jalen Brunson. That's my guy. He's my franchise point guard. But if I'm Emmanuel quickly, I'm just thinking from a quickly standpoint, I'm not staying on the Knicks. And, you know, Tremel, you are right. Like, we can re-sign him. But what is, like, if I'm his agent, and I'm just speaking, like, from an agent perspective, I'm not staying on the Knicks. I'm losing money if I stay on the Knicks. I'm going to another team where I could make the bag. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, my career... Literally, like, well, I don't think I don't think he's gonna make. I think he should bet on himself and sign like a two-year contract, right? And 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 keep it short, uh-huh. so that he has the chance to really show off and then get the bag, right? He's regardless, Nick Suns. I don't, you know, I don't think he's gonna be getting more than twenty million a year. I, but even if so, see, see, this is why, like, people like Tramel confuse me. Because when he say, oh, well, we're going to sign quickly. If you're quickly, what what's the number he's resigning for? I think he'll resign for $20 million, me personally. Because of yeah. Yeah. defensively. Um, yeah, but $20 million starting for the Suns is long-term very different than $20 million being a backup. It's true. That is very But it's, it's different. My, my, my point to side chicken, I guess I didn't articulate it the correct way. My point is, because they made the trade for Kevin Durant, right, you're not going to have the requisite cap space to offer quickly that type of a contract, right? Because they're, they don't have quickly's bird rights. So that means that they have to be under the cap, right, by that amount that they're offering quickly. They're not going to be able to get there. And it's very few teams that's going to be able to get there, I see right? I see so what I'm saying is because the Knicks own his, his bird rights and because the Knicks don't have to worry about having cap flexibility in regards to quickly, they're in the driver's seat no matter what. That's that's my point. Okay, but if I'm Emmanuel quickly and I'm offered 
18 to be a backup on the Knicks, and I'm offered 15 to be a starter on the Suns. I take the 15. And then what the Knicks would do was just simply match. And right, but, but but they but they would be real shitheads to do oh, that. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. My bad. No, that that would be that would be wrong. That would be wrong for the Knicks to do that. And and oh, uh, I got a call. But yeah, you're right about that side chick. It wouldn't be like, I guess, doing quickly a favor. But at the same time, the NBA is a business. Um, and I honestly, I don't even. I don't. When, when's the last time you saw something like what happened with the Andre Ayton go down? I, I, I think it's been a very long time since anyone behaved. Well, I think, but also, it's, if it's you, been a very if, long time. If, if, if you remember Side Chick with the DeAndre Ayton situation, there was rumors that was coming out about his unhappiness with the organization from the prior season, right? So it wasn't yeah, I, I it wasn't something that just crept up during during last season. So I, I do. This, I do and, and what I'm saying is what's different in this situation is we're not hearing those type of things in regards to Emmanuel quickly. We're, we're not hearing that he's unhappy. We're not hearing that he wants to a starting starting role. We're not hearing that he wants greener pastures elsewhere. Those are Nick's fan narratives. So that's the difference, right? So yeah, but 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 he doesn't have to be unhappy to have his representation communicate that look, you know, um it's not as much about the number that obviously matters as it is about the role. Um, you know, like it doesn't work out well for players that speak up and indicate that they're not that happy with their role on the Knicks. That ends up being like a quasi career killer, right? Like in the Tibbs organization. Well, you, I can't argue. You just, you just, you just can't say that. I can't. Uh, now that you're, you're a hundred percent correct on that. I don't have no rebuttal. For that, Tibbs, uh, you know, look, listen, he's an old man and old people, they, they're stuck in their ways and they want things done a certain way. And that's how he runs his operation. And if and anybody who's not trying to be subordinate under that operation is going to fall out of favor with him. And if you fall out of favor with him, it seems like you fall out of favor with the organization. So, Yes. I 100% agree with your point on Tibbs. But again, the reports that I've read about Tibbs and Quickly's relationship thus far is that it's a great one. Is that? I mean, how could Tibbs feel? The guy, the guy watches more tape. You know, he's like, he's like watching more tape than even Tibbs himself, right? Did you read that amazing article by the Athletic uh, two weeks ago? Maybe that. Um, you know, it's usually the role of a Mitchell Robinson, given where he's situated on the court, to call out, you know, exactly what's going on so everyone knows, you know, where to move the ball, how to move the ball, but quickly studies every team and knows every team's schemes and has sort of usurped the role of Mitchell Robinson. 
Um, and Mitchell Robinson gave a quote, something like, you know, that fucker stole my role or something like that in a, in a playful way. Um, you know, I mean, how could, how could, how could Tibbs feel anything, you know, negative toward the kid? He's just, you know, with the exception of popping up at a club every now and then, it's like he has no life. All he does is, is grind and, and study. Um, I appreciate y'all. Yo, Ari, I know you wanted to speak earlier, Ari. I'm so sorry. Uh, Ari, can you please come up uh, so you can get your point? Um, another thing, too, is I did not see. This is what I mean by, like, scheduling. I did not know that. Uh, I didn't. I, I took, matter of fact, I didn't know. I totally forgot about Brutus and those guys. We was, they was doing a, a, a spaces at six. Um, I wanted to stop the space so we could go over there. But it seems like we're having a good conversation. So they're going to have to wait uh, because this conversation got to end real quick. But anyways, um, as far as, like, Emane Quickly's contract, I think about it the most. The reason why I think about it the most is because he's produced so much this season. And, like, once again, like, I always felt like he should have been the Knicks starting point guard since his rookie year. What's up, OG? I'm all right, Andrew. That's good. I always wanted him to be the Knicks starter point guard since his rookie year. Um, I love Jalen Brunson. Shout out to Jalen Brunson. But who is to say that quickly would have never averaged 17 and 7 this year? Quickly is the only player I've seen next to Julius Randle in Randle's first three years here that had a positive plus minus next to Julius Randle. Matter of fact, every season that quickly played as a Nick, I believe quickly is a positive plus minus. So it's not like quickly is some trash NBA player. Like, he's a productive NBA player. He knows where to be on the court. Um, he's very, his defense is, is elite, in my opinion. I think he's an elite defender. Uh, he can play on ball. He can play off ball. I think he's worth $20 million per season. Uh, I think that he's a starting point guard. And, you know, Tramiel said a couple things today. And he's not wrong. But at the same time, uh, me and Tramiel and Yudoka, we don't have a, a, a crystal ball. So we can only say, like, from what we've seen, how the Knicks treated past players and how the Knicks do business. But I read I read reports. I've seen – I've gotten screenshots of people from Quickly's camp, people from his camp, like this is his man's, talking about Tom Thibodeau, talking about the role that Quickly has. i seen one screenshot that somebody sent to me, I ain't going to say who, of – when we first signed Jalen Brunson, the dude wanted Quickly's mans put a bunch of laughing emojis under it. So, like, people seize this shit. I don't know if y'all like and, and Quickly, that young black man, I know he got somebody in his circle. Like, yo, you know they signed. You know you ain't going to never be a star in porn guard on the Knicks. Like, you know they signed. Ah, 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 ah. So, I, I just, you know, some players you can see the fire in their belly. For example, like Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, I didn't see the fire in his eyes. The reason why I defended him a lot is because he's my draft pick, right? But quickly, I can see the fire in his eye. Like, I can see. I, I can see when a player is just – he thinks of himself highly. He thinks of himself as a star. You can see it. Quickly got – I mean, quickly got that eye, and RJ got that eye. I don't see it from – I don't see that same eye from OB. Um, you know, Obi just give me, I'm just happy to be here, vibes. I don't see it from Mitch. 
Um, I don't see it from Grimes. I don't. I don't. Those two quickly and RJ, I see it. So you know, hopefully, quickly could get his money and we can still retain Josh Hart. But you know, Josh Hart don't really fucking move me like that. Like he's a good pickup. I mean. You know, but it's Josh fucking Hart. I don't give a shit. What am I supposed to do? Fucking throw a fucking parade for Josh fucking Hart? Give a fuck about that? But it, it, it's not about it's not about that. See, that's that's where you lose me because you get you get in, in, into your your emotions oh, and feelings so tell, so, about about so, certain situations. So I think my thing with Josh Hart is huh? he is a perfect puzzle piece. Oh, for God. what we have going on right now, he Aren't provides a need. So? He he, listen. He provides everything we needed off of that bench. Right, okay. that's what he's providing. He's valuable. Okay, you know yeah. he's what the NBA calls a valuable player. Okay, right? okay. And if you're going to if you're going to be a good team, which the Knicks are a good team, <laughs> you you need. You need a lot of valuable players. You need players who bring different elements to the table, right? A guy who can impact the game without scoring, without shooting, without uh-huh. touching the ball offensively, uh-huh. right? That's the type of player Josh Hart is. But you know, you know Josh Hart. And that's what makes you know him valuable. Ball with the Knicks, right? What? You know Josh Hart been playing on ball with the Knicks, right? He plays on ball and he plays off ball. The no, no, Knicks, no, 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 no. The Knicks play a nine-man ball with the Knicks, brother. I've seen he him in a offense. Bro. Yes, he, he. That's what I'm saying. That he's a versatile player. Bro, he can play man? on ball. He can play what? off ball. No offense. Like he gives you everything that you need. Like he can play one through three, and it's like no matter who you take out, he can replace. So you need those type of players. Every good team needs those type of players. And so, like I said, he's valuable, and they're going to resign him. He's just entering his prime. He Listen, like, like I said, he adds a lot of grittiness to this team in New York that's very, very important. Okay, just one, one thing, like, Three games is, is is not a legitimate sample size to panic, but um, but he's playing more minutes a game than quickly is since he arrived, right? That concerns me a lot. As 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 quickly goes into thinking through what he wants his future to look like, and he sees his minutes drop from mid thirties to mid twenties because they brought in yes a very good role player, a gritty Tib style role player. Right, I don't want to lose a guy whose ceiling is an all-star, um, you know, because we're trying to fit a Tibbs win-now mindset. That's just that's just dumb. But once again, Sanchez, I understand what you're saying, and you're not incorrect with your summation. What I'm saying is, quickly is not in control of that situation. The Knicks are. He's, he's on a rookie deal. And, you know, due to the NBA rules, and, and everybody knows them, the Knicks are in control of this situation. Yeah, and they, it's not they, like, they, they, they are technically, but they're not going to do to quickly what the Phoenix Suns did to Aiden. They're just not. Well, 
and I, I would argue that quickly isn't a malcontent in the same way Aiton was with wanting to get out of Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, but it, you don't have to be a malcontent to say, look, guys, I've got a shot to be a starter on a really good team, right? That changes my trajectory for the next 10, 12 years. It would be really unkind and, and, and not correct for you to hold me back, right? He can say that. And I think I think the Knicks front office would, you know, sadly and begrudgingly let him move on. They've made a commitment to Bronson. I disagree. I, I disagree with just letting him move on. He's an asset. He's a valuable asset. Yeah, they, would, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't wait. They would trade him. They would do like what, you know, they would do what Portland did with Josh Hart. They would they would get something back. So you believe because so you you believe that he's going to be traded this summer? Look, I think that there needs to be some sort of structural modification to this team that enables quickly to reach his ceiling. And if there isn't, I would be really surprised if Quickly's agents didn't say, you know, okay, we'll agree to a one-year extension, which what does that get us, right? Not a whole lot. Um, Who's the last player to ever do that? a good question. Give I don't. A, I don't. I don't. Give me, give me a second. I'll try to look it up. And it's really it, it, it's very harmful for these guys to to you know take that option to where they just sign for one year. It's harmful for them financially because they they can't recoup that money back um, on the back end. You know, so that's why a lot of these guys don't don't take that route. And I don't. Listen, we got 22 games left, right, side chick? And not only we got 22 games left, but we also got the playoffs, right? So anything can happen between now and then. But is there another place in the NBA that lights up like MSG does in the playoffs? And that's that's what where I'm going. If he goes out there and he contributes in the playoffs and the Knicks perform better than expected, then we're not, you know, I don't even think it's going to be a discussion whether Quickly is happy with his role or whether the Knicks are happy with Quickly. I just think they're going to resign him and we can just look on to see who else we can bring in to add to that equation. But I don't think it's an issue with Quickly. And I don't think there's going to be an issue with Quickly. So I have the answer. So entertainingly enough, it was Nerland's Noel who... <laughs> Uh, in 2017, became a free agent, signed a one-year deal with Dallas. Wait, that's not apples to apples, sorry. Uh, it was KCP, selected eighth overall by the Pistons after spending first four seasons with Pistons, became a free agent. Wait, sorry, I need to go back to the drawing board. I didn't ask the question right. Right, well, we're, what we're looking for is who's the last player to sign the qualifying offer from yeah 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 I apologize I'm, I'm, oh I'm, uh, yeah that's that's shockingly shockingly rare I think was it Colin Sexton I don't I don't really know um but I will say is the Knicks won't so I say this the Knicks won't allow quickly to uh go to restricted free agency I think they'll just trade him me personally um but at the same time you know. 
I'm just thinking about Josh Hart's contract. I don't see the point in re-signing certain guys. If you're going to give Josh Hart $15 million per year, I prefer for the Knicks to just trade some of those young guys and reset the rookie scale deals on the players on the bench and keep moving forward like that. Uh, I'm not interested in trade for a star talk. I think that's a bunch of bunch of bullshit. And I'm not interested in talks where people think that there is a scenario where the Knicks can. We, I, I don't want to talk about a championship right now. Like they, Marcus, they, huh? Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart did it with the Celtics. Oh, Marcus Smart. Well, Marcus Smart is a defensive player of the year. So the Celtics Marcus drafted. Did. A defensive player of the year with the seventh had a, had a, overall pick. Season in eighteen nineteen became highly sought after the following summer and eventually re-signed with the Celtics for a year fifty-two million. Um, they had to do that though. After after that little debacle with Isaiah Thomas, you would think that they would try to uh, treat the rest of their organization right because um, you don't want karma. I think karma is one of the biggest um, bees that you ever have in your life. So I think that 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 was good for the Celtics. They had to resign that young man. If they didn't, you know, karma always come back, man. And that's man. my about the Knicks, man. I don't, I don't trust. Going, huh? back, the next one is Greg Monroe, who Greg stuck Monroe. around for fifth year with Detroit. Uh huh. Then became a free agent and signed with the Bucks, a three-year, fifty-two million contract. Oh. And Greg Monroe. Right, so- so my but this is, is in an era where fifty-two million might as well be ninety million today. Oh wow! Okay. But we know it, it doesn't happen often. Yeah, yeah, and totally. It, it, it I, happens. I just was curious. You know, in, in certain situations, and what what my point is in regards to Emmanuel quickly. Look, I understand. Oh. Uh, Jamal, man, you in the Matrix, brother. You still in the Matrix, Jamal? You killing me? You in the Matrix, bro? You in like what? You in like what? Bubble shit. Jamal, you in the Matrix, bro? That's why I muted you. Uh, I'm gonna unmute you to see if I can hear you again because it sounded disgusting just now. Sorry, man. Uh, I apologize. Can you hear me? Am I good? Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah, what I was what I was saying is in regards to Emmanuel quickly, look, I understand what you guys are saying, but what I'm saying is he has seen and the way this organization has handled business in regards to the players that they wanted to keep. Right? I think he has some security there to to know that hey the Knicks organization, they're they are taking care of their players, you know, um, and so I think that it's that's just, not an issue. I'm Jalen Brunson for the next four years. Does he want to do that, <laughs> or does he think he's a legitimate starter on a contending team? I forgot Milwaukee was looking to bring him in before the trade deadline. Basically. <laughs> To, to fill the role of Chris Middleton, who is constantly injured. No, this is how I could phrase the question of Tremel. So he can't just try to weasel his way out of it. Tremel, if you was Emmanuel quickly, would you stay with the Knicks? 
if I was Emmanuel quickly, would you stay right, with the? Well, you gotta give me. You gotta give me my options. What so are my options? So you can be a starter on the Milwaukee Bucks. You can be a starter on the Phoenix Suns. Or you can come off the bench and back up Jalen Brunson for the next four years. <laughs> so if I can be a starter on a Milwaukee Bucks, and like I said, do the Milwaukee Bucks have cap space? Do they have cap space to offer me twenty million a season? All right, all right, thank you. Now keep keep going, Shamel. My bad. Well, that's that's my question because see, we gotta we gotta tie that into the possibilities of who's going to have the requisite cap space and the requisite role that I want when, right. it's, when it comes time for me to resign. And when we're talking about Milwaukee, that is a, a luxury uh, tax team. They're not going to have the requisite cap space to offer quickly anything. Um, same with Phoenix Suns. They're not going to have yeah, but 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 we're but we're talking about we're talking about what does Emmanuel quickly want to do, which can involve him signing a one-year extension and then just leaving in free agency, right? So, I take your point on bird rights, but there, you know, we can we can hold on to him for an extra year and then lose him if that's what you know if that's what he thinks is in his best interest. Um, I really want to get. First of all, um, I thank both of y'all for joining with me. Um, Jamal, I appreciate you. You dope. I appreciate both of y'all for joining me. Um, there's actually two Knicks spaces uh, uh, going on right now. The reason why I'm continuing this one is because people keep joining in. I, and I don't want to – I don't like to disrupt a good conversation for me personally. Um, Ari, uh, if you're around, Ari, I would like for you to unmute yourself. So you can, Thank you. Thank you. What's up, Ari? I'm so sorry. Really about a way too. Yeah, it's all good. I almost. I don't know. I got a lot going on right now, but it's all right. Um, like, I don't know what we're arguing right now. Like, so we're basically arguing that we're gonna keep the same team except pay everyone more, and it's still gonna work out. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what we're talking about. So Josh Hart gets Derrick Rose's money, right? Yes. And then quickly gets Evan Fournier's money. And we're a six seed getting bounced out in the first round, except now we're under, now we're in the cap. Now we have no way else way to improve the team in free agency. And we're not going to get a lottery pick. So I, I just don't understand where it like, I just feel like it's a, it's a, it's a waste of, it's a waste of time to even discuss this. If I was Emmanuel quickly, I'm going to the team that pays me the most money. Um, and if the money is the same, I'm going to the team that gives me the most opportunity, and that team is not the Knicks, clearly. Um, so <laughs> that's just the end of that. I mean, he's gonna—he's never gonna have the keys to this franchise. It's always gonna be Jalen Brunson's team. Um, I mean, I mean, if he goes to Phoenix with Booker and Kevin Durant or something, like he's gonna have an actual chance of winning a championship. So I think that's a no-brainer. Same with Milwaukee. Um, and, you know, the issue with me is that, you know, Josh Hart, like, I, I just, I don't understand what we're talking about this guy. He was, like, he, he's a good player, but he's, like, he's an average NBA player. Like, I don't know why we're, we're wasting all our time on this guy. Like, he's, a, like, he's an all-star. Like, he's something important. Like, whenever someone says, like, I like this guy, he's, he's, he's gritty and he's tough, it just means that he lacks talent. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's like a good way of saying you lack talent and you're not an all star. <laughs> it's like you're, you're gritty. Like John Starks, he was tough. You know, Mason, he was super tough. Like you're basically just saying that they, they lack talent. It's like a nice way of saying you lack talent, right? Um, you know, he should be on a team that's really. He should be on the Phoenix Suns, this guy, or the Celtics, or a team that's ready to win a championship today or within the next two years. He shouldn't be on a team that's just that that that's not that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's like that that's the issue with me, and and to, and to have it take out of Quentin Grimes' minutes and Emmanuel Quickly's minutes, even if it's a little bit, it just it just shows you the direction that the front office is going is trying to make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, to your point, Steve, um, I was the one that had, it's not even the, the three, the, it's the first, it's the top two players about the draft, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, and it's the top two players. The only argument you can make is you can argue that Fred Van Vliet was better than Pascal Siakam and they didn't draft Fred Van Vliet. They signed him off of, uh, as a, I think they just signed him. Like, I don't think he was, I don't think he went undrafted. And, it's not about drafting. It's about being homegrown. So, for example, Kobe Bryant was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, but he was traded on draft night. So he's technically not drafted by the Lakers, but he's homegrown. These are how, you know, the ass shakers are basically going to go, oh, that's not true. Kobe was drafted by the Hornets. He wasn't drafted by the Lakers. It's, oh, that's just, yeah, I hate it's that. About, it's about homegrown. The same thing yeah. with Justin Whiskey. He was drafted by the Bucks. He got traded, he got traded on draft night to the, to the Mavs. Um but um, it just goes to show you the value of the draft, and the Knicks have no interest in whatsoever in valuing the draft. They punt on the draft two years, and just because they have players that they've drafted that are in the rotation doesn't mean that they prioritize the draft. If they did prioritize the draft, they wouldn't have signed Josh Hart. They would have went let Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly get all those minutes and develop them. They wouldn't have re-signed Julius Randle. They would have let Obi Poppin actually play basketball and go through that development stage. They're not interested in, in drafting and rebuilding because they want the easy fix. They want to be able to sign guys to mitigate their risk. They don't want to draft someone hoping the guy may do well or may not do well or, or not being sure. They want the finished product They would, where they know what they're getting. And whenever you get the finished product and you know what you're getting, you're going to pay a premium for that. And, you know, the, the guys that say that, that you know, drafting and development doesn't work. To your point about the Lakers, they had three. No, they they pretty much tanked for three years. They got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. They got you know mo- multiple very talented young guys, and those were the young guys that got ended up getting shipped for AD. It gave them enough pieces to bring in Anthony Davis for them them to win a championship with LeBron James. So even the Lakers, that that anomaly of not drafting someone, they used their draft picks to bring in that superstar, right? That and, um, you know, the Knicks never want to prioritize the draft. You know what I mean? They, they did the, the, the two highest draft picks we have on the team are R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin has been the most mistreated player the Knicks have ever had in my lifetime. No one has been more mistreated. No one has been more, um, you know, just given less opportunity um, than that guy. I've never seen an NBA team draft a player in the lottery in the top ten like that and literally play that guy 10 minutes for, for years on years on years. Like, it's absurd. And R.J. Barrett is the only number three pick that I know of who, you know, doesn't have the team built around him, at least in, at least for a little bit, or have part of the team built around him. 
Um, so, you know, it's just it's just a difference in philosophy. The Knicks have no business, no no interest drafting and re and developing. Um, they're trying to win now, and when you try to win now too early, uh, you end up just delaying the inevitable. But um, I just don't understand why we're talking about Josh Hart like he's important. This guy, like nobody in the NBA, gives a fuck about this guy. Like he's a nobody. He's literally a sixth man. He's 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 either a sixth man, seventh man, or he's your like worst starter. Like why are we talking about this guy so much? It's, it's absurd. Well, that's what well, Ari. That is that is that is all we're saying about Josh Hart. Is exactly what you said. He's a sixth man. He's a seventh man. He's a guy that's going to give you an element that every good team needs. That's all we're saying. We're not saying he's a superstar. Yeah, I know. But, but your saying... point on the draft is an interesting one. I, I think you're going to the Matrix. Can anyone hear him or no? No, I don't hear you. Tremel, you on in the Matrix again, brother. It's like the fifth time, motherfucker. That's okay, though. Anybody listening to the audio, I apologize about the Matrix stuff. He it's, tried to, it's very annoying, by the way. So let me, hold on. Let me do this, right? Uh, Tremel, I removed you from the speakers, and I, and I invited you to speak again. So Usually sometimes that happens when you are um, uh, going in and out. You got to uh, invite yourself back in. Um, hopefully you could come back. Um, but Ari, I love, I love your point. Uh, basically, I started this space today. I really started this space because I seen the, the news about Brandon Miller, and I actually wanted to talk about that. Um, but I, I guess it just ran into Emmanuel Quickly Talk. Um, the reason why I ran into Emmanuel Quickly Talk is because, like I said earlier, um, Ari, like when the, every day I wake up, I, I think about money, I think about women, and then the Knicks. And the first thing that's been coming to my mind the past few days is Emmanuel Quickly's contract. And the reason why it just keeps popping up in my brain is because we got Josh Hart, right? You're going to resign Josh Hart, okay? So since you're going to resign him, where is the money to sign him at? So you're going to use another asset just to get off Evan Fournier's contract, because I don't personally believe anybody will trade for that, man. Nobody is not trading for Derrick Rose. So you're telling me that the Knicks can just drop Derrick Rose. Okay, cool. But will Thibodeau be cool with the Knicks just dropping Derrick Rose? Um, another thing about, about that, too, is I don't know what's James Dolan's uh, a view on going into the luxury tax. I'm pretty sure he'll pay it. But me. No, 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 he won't. He won't. He won't? He will not, no. Oh, okay, so... We'll only pay it if he generates the revenue from the extra playoff games in order to pay for that. So he's not going to... If the Knicks make the championship or the finals, he'll pay for that. But if they're going to be a first-round exit, he's not going to go pay the luxury tax because he's not going to be able to cover the amount of tax off of the revenue for the, from, from the thing, especially the repeater tax, which gets brutal. I mean, he said in a in an earnings transcript 2019 that he would build a championship team without going into the luxury tax. wasn't 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 an issue. I mean, I hope. Right, yeah. that's it's horseshit, right? Because you only can do that if you build through the draft, which he's not doing. So, I mean, it's just that's not going to happen. But that that goes into my other point, and and, and I, I love people like Jamel because. 
y'all try to put things in perspective, and Tremel put a lot of things in perspective today. But Tremel, the part that you know bothers me the most about your points is, regardless if we're doing anything correctly, right? Um, I still look at the past NBA champions, and I'm talking NBA champions for the past 20, 25 years. There's no team I can correctly say to myself, hey, I'm giving the ball to Brunson before this guy. I'm giving the ball to Randall before this guy. Like, it's no team I can see that on. So, when I look and at that, that's the mistake. Yes. I, I, I hate that. I hate that argument, man. I hate that comparison. That's the ultimate goalpost moving comparison or argument because the only way for anyone to disprove that argument is for them to win a championship. If they, that's the only way to disprove that argument. So that's the I, I bring it up. <laughs> right. So 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 that's what I'm saying. It's a it's an irrefutable. You can't there's nothing anyone can do to to, to debate that. So I, I just want to talk basketball and and I, I like what Ari said about heart and and my whole thing to Ari was I'm not disagreeing with him as far as what he sees in heart. I see the same thing. However, he is a valuable piece for every good team. Every good team needs a Josh Hart. So why right? Port let him go? And why? Because Portland's not a good team. <laughs> Port, Portland, Portland got issues, man. Yeah, Hart. every good team needs a Josh Hart, and Portland's not a good team. So the other got a, got a lot of stuff either? to figure out. So the other three teams ain't good either. Well, I don't, I don't know his whole situation, his whole life story. I bet you don't, motherfucker. This is what I mean by being a cut, yo. <laughs> you asking me? You asking me to to, to 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 backtrack Josh Hart's career? I ain't got time for that bullshit. What I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Uh huh. Josh Hart is a good piece, and then when you talk about why I resign him, well, it would be malpractice if they didn't resign him. No, they I, just I, I, traded. A first round pick for him, so you gotta resign him. That's like, true. You, you have no choice, or else you traded that first round pick for nothing. So yeah, just like they did for Reddish. They're going to resign him, and and Reddish, look, that was just a listen. That's a bad move. It's a bad mark on Leon. It's a, a horrible mark on Tom Thibodeau. That was just a complete disaster of a situation. Um, that nobody can defend what happened with that situation. But moving on, uh-huh. I like flipping Reddish in that pick for Josh Hart. And yep. I like the prospects of him staying in the organization during his prime because I think he's going to add some grittiness, as Ari put it. He's going to add some substance that we need to mm-hmm. continue to improve and grow. That is my point, my position with Josh Hart. Uh-huh. And as far as as far as he, he's talking about building through the draft, right? And I, I hear that argument a lot with prioritizing the draft. I get it. But also when you're talking about prioritizing the draft, you also gotta mention you gotta pick the right players. Right? That's true. Because we, we can go through a, a litany of teams who've been drafting the lottery almost every single year, right? And they hit one, miss one, hit one, miss one. It, 
you you look at Houston, for instance, right? They've been in the lottery. The, the guy that they just picked at the top of the draft, what do you think of him? Jalen Green? No, not Jalen Green. The dude that they just picked after Jalen Green. Jabari Smith? Jabari Smith, yes. So, 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 so for me to you personally, I think that the biggest problem with um the Houston Rockets is they need a veteran point guard, one. Two, I think another issue with the Houston Rockets is they don't play team ball. They play a lot of selfish basketball. I've been watching you know, the Houston Rockets uh, for the last couple of weeks, and I've been peeping and trying to see what the fuck is the issue with Jabari Smith. Um, they play a lot of selfish basketball down there. I've seen a possession where literally Jalen Green came down, dribbled out the shot clock, and then the very next possession, KPJ comes down and dribbled out the shot clock. So I think um, Jabari Smith is just he. I, I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't. I don't see the the, the all star caliber player, but I do see I do see a player that can help you get somewhere far. I like the measurables on Jabari Smith. I just think that Houston needs a point guard badly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's clean, buddy. Um, I just think that Jabari Smith. I, I think he needs a point guard. Um, Houston is is a place right now where they need a veteran point guard one two they need a, a they need a new voice and three i think the reason why houston has been operating the way they have been operating i think their owner's broke i don't think he i think his owner i think the owner lost a lot of money um over these past few years it's the reason why he did, he hasn't yet to replace paul uh paul silas and Paul Silas is one of the worst coaches in NBA history. And I know Paul Silas, usually um, these, these black men, they'll get these jobs and they'll get the shitty end of the stick. But at the same time, you have to coach a team. You have to draft correctly. Um, and you have to go uh, draft accordingly. Uh, Houston Rockets, their best player to me is, uh, is Shingun. That's their best play, player to me. And what, this, what pick, what uh -huh. pick was Shingun? Shingun was a late first-round pick. But the difference between the Rockets and the Knicks, the Knicks will never place a player where Shingun is picked in the starting lineup and run offense through them. The Knicks is a special franchise. The Knicks will never, ever, 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 but ever when you, when get you themselves talk about When you talk about, uh, uh, you know, starting the players and running the offense through them, it, it, you, you act like that that should be the rite of passage the way NBA teams should go about their business, Man, how, regardless how the of talent. Develop, just, just because of, well, they have to have the talent. If they have the requisite talent to, to come day one and command an offense like Banchero, like Banchero is that guy, right? That he can come in day one and you can run your offense through him. But there's not many like him. So that's like a, he's a generational player. You call him a generational player for a reason. Now, Ari also brought up the Lakers, right? Now, we got to understand this about the Lakers, too. They hit on all of their picks. So, yes, Brandon Ingram was a top pick, but they hit on him. Lonzo Ball was a top pick. They hit on him at the time. They also hit on Josh Hart, who was also in that trade, right? So, when they made the trade, it's because they hit on their picks. They hit on Kuzma, right? So it's not just prioritizing the draft, but uh -huh. you got to hit on your picks. 
and that's something. And, and listen, when we're talking about the Knicks not prioritizing the draft, we also have to mention that the Knicks have a history of not hitting on their picks, right? Because in back-to-back years, 2017, 2018, we picked two back-to-back busts, right? If we would have hit on our picks, if we would have picked Spider, Donovan Mitchell in 2017, if we would have backdoored and hit SGA in 2018, now we got a totally different timeline, a totally different roster, and we're, we, we have a totally different discussion right now. So it's not just about prioritizing the draft. It's when you do pick a player in the draft, you got to hit on that player. You can't pick a bus because if you pick a bus, it's going to set your franchise back three to four to five years, and then you often have to redo those picks years later, right? And I'm going to give you a prime example. So what year, what year – was Josh Hart drafted? What year was jo- Josh Hart drafted? Yes. What year was Josh so, Hart drafted? So, so before I answer your question, the reason why I hate your question is because there was no player we was going to draft in those years that was going to come to the Knicks and be successful because the infrastructure was so disgusting that I never believed that – my example to you, if we got Donovan Mitchell – Back in 2017, you know, Josh Hart, I think Josh Hart was drafted in 2017. Is he 2017? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So if we would have got, you, you get what I'm saying, Donovan Mitchell 2017, he would never have been Spider-Man, Trevor. You know this. No, no, no. I, I disagree because there's a talent. See, what you're doing, you're ignoring the talent disparity between Frank Nilakina and Spider-Mitchell. It don't matter where they play. Uh-huh. They, could be, they could be playing in the Rucker. Right. They could be playing in jail. Right. They could be playing in the CBA. Right. Spider is always going to be ten times more talented than now, Frank Nilakina, no now, matter where they play. Now, now people that think now, now I disagree with that, but you're not wrong because there's a section of people who think like that, who think uh, a player's talent will take him in any situation in the NBA, and there's people like me who say, "Yo." You need the perfect situation, and you need the coach. Fuck the talent. So my biggest example when, when, when I talk about stuff like that is Michael Jordan. Nobody in their mother could tell me Doug Collins developed Michael Jordan. What I can tell you is when Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson got together, that's when Michael Jordan became a winning basketball player. <laughs> it's the difference between just putting up numbers and then putting up numbers in the structure of winning. So that's why I still, like, I, I've always had my doubts about the Knicks. Like, I always ask questions. I always ask stuff like, yo, what are we doing with, with, with quickly? What are we doing with Josh Hart? Like, how are we supposed to build this thing right? You know, I, I think these conversations is good. I think this conversation we had today was great because uh, I like to learn uh, when people are on – a Twitter spaces and everybody's agreeing like some Twitter spaces I've been on. Um, it's kind of annoying. Uh, we're not Ultron bots. I don't think everybody, I, I don't think we're not even a hive mind like symbiotes. Like everybody got a mind of their own. Um, people need to start thinking for themselves. So I appreciate convos like this where you're getting a lot of various opinions, but at the same time, we all understanding 
what we're what each other's trying to say. Um, appreciate combos like this, man. Uh, and and, and I, I just want to touch right back on on what we were talk, discussing in regards to the draft because I hear what Ari's saying. A lot of people say the same thing. The Knicks don't prioritize the draft. And don't. I think that that's, that's partly correct, right? But you also have to understand the flip side of that coin is that the Knicks also fumbled the bag in two consecutive drafts that left us in the plight that we're in right oh, oh, now. Wait, hold on, real quick, and, real quick, real quick. I'm not letting you're, you're I'm not letting you allow the Knicks to slide when you say some shit like that. Because it's the Knicks' fault that those players did not succeed. It's not the players' fault. When you give me well, a I, I like listen, Frank. I'm a I'm gonna give you listen, and, and that's that's fine. Uh -huh. You can say that, but okay. I'm I'm gonna disagree because even cause you brought up Jordan, right? Right? And yeah. you said the difference between Doug Collins and Phil Jackson was that Phil Jackson put Jordan in a winning system, in a winning environment, and Jordan became a winning player, right? You're not yeah. wrong there, right? But you're also not wrong when you said under Doug Collins, Jordan was still the, the most talented player in the NBA, right? So, yeah. so two things can be true at the same time. So <laughs> what I'm saying as in regards to Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, yes, the Knicks had a horrible infrastructure in place as far as developing players. That's absolutely correct, right? But what I'm talking about is not only did they have a bad infrastructure in terms of development, they ha also had a horrible infrastructure in, in terms of scouting and evaluating players to pick the right players, right? Because I'm going to tell you, we had Porzingis. Porzingis was a hit. Right, we had we yeah. also we was in a situation to where Phil Jackson wasn't trading picks, right? So we had all our picks, right? Yeah. We fumbled the bag in 2017. We yeah. picked the wrong guy. That's that's yeah. just a fact because we see now he's not an NBA talented player, right? Because look, not even no matter where he goes. He's, he's, he, he, his best ball is going to be playing for the French League. That's when you're going to hear about Frank Nilakina averaging 30 and all that stuff. That's going to be over there. It's never going to be in an NBA situation, right, because he's just not good enough. Same with Kevin Knox, right? Talented guy as far as his measurables. But yeah. he's, he's not an NBA player, right? He, he'll get you – he'll give you 30 – one night, and then he'll give you two months or two and four, right? <laughs> That's the type of guy he is, right? And what I'm saying is when you draft those type of guys back to back, that sets your organization three, four, and five years behind and leading you to where now you're having to sign a guy like Josh Hart, who you could have selected in 2017, Instead of Frank Milikina, he was the thirtieth pick in nah, 2017. Not, Listen, out, hold, on, hold on, hold on, let me let me, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. He go was the thirtieth pick in 2017, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're in a position to where you gotta sign him. Also, Jalen Brunson, mm -hmm. what pick was he in 2018? 
he was the 33rd pick. Yes, he was. So, so now you're in a position to where you're redoing the 2017 and 2018 draft with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. You is a because because you fumbled (laughs) you fumbled the bag when you had the opportunity to pick elite players in 2017, 2018. (laughs) What did we get? Let me ask you this. What Uh did we get from Frank Nilakina? What did we get Um, for him? So 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 what we got from Frank what did we get for Frank? What did we get for Frank? Yes. What did we get for him? Oh, we got a bunch of SMDs, poppycocks, and a bunch of, you know, bunch of get the fuck out of here. That's right. What we- and, and, and what did we get? What did we get of value for Kevin Knox? So for Kevin Knox, um, ultimately landed us Josh Hart. If you're talking, if, if we're talking basketball. Right. But minus, minus two draft picks, right? Because um, we gave up yeah. a first. We gave up a first in that deal when we got Reddish. Right, and then yes. we ultimately had to ship Reddish and another first to get Hart. Right, so yeah. so instead of if two if twenty seventeen if we would have drafted the right player, right, we wouldn't we would have two more first round picks, right, and we would yeah. have the opportunity. You, you see where I'm going? I what see I'm where telling you, you is. I see where you're going, I'm, but telling you but is, the only thing. We're redoing the past mistakes. Uh-huh. That's what we're doing. When you oh, when okay. you draft back to back busts, you uh-huh. have to come back years later and but, redo those drafts some way, somehow. You do. Oh, okay. I like your point, right? The reason why I just call bullshit on your point. It's the only reason why. It's a good point though. The only reason why I call bullshit on it. Is because once again, bro, I believe I'm I'm under the premise that certain players, it depends on where you're drafted, regardless of your talent, it depends on where you're drafted and what coach you're playing under. I don't believe Josh Hart or any player that we select instead of Frank Lakina or Kevin Knox in back to back seasons, I don't believe they will be the same players they are today. Sometimes in life, um, God makes you do choices that you don't understand at first, and later in life. You re- you reap the benefits of those rewards. So you know, drafting Frank Nilakina and drafting Kevin Knox, I don't see I don't see it as a setback. I see it as a learning situation because now you understand like, okay, I can't pick certain players that that play this way. Um, I was a guy who used to I used to front for um for Kevin Knox. I used to get on the app and battle for him every day. But this is still me understanding like, I could I could battle for a guy. I could try to defend this guy as much as I want. But at some point, you got to want to defend yourself as well. So the reason why I stopped capping for Kevin Knox is because I felt like his play didn't match my intensity. I am a very intense nickname. I don't like to be annoyed when it comes to this team. So when I see you not playing the same way or, or, and not playing with a passion, like uh, how I feel about this next team, that's why I don't, I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to fuck with you. This is why I didn't fuck with Julius Randle last year because you played he played soft. Um, I like Josh Hart. Josh Hart is cool. But, you know, life comes in full circle. If the Knicks trade Obi Toppin to just give Josh Hart money, then drafting Obi is a loss. That is a fucking loss. It is, and, and plus, I don't like the way the Knicks do business. I fucks with Josh Hart. He good money. But what, what is Josh Hart? Josh Hart is CAA. Who is Josh Hart's agent? Aaron Mintz. 
Oh, so Josh Hart didn't have to earn his minutes. He didn't have to, you know, all of all the bullshit that was said about Reddish, all this stupid ass, oh, he got to practice, oh, he got to learn the playbook, this, that, and the third. As soon as we got the ball, the ball was playing. So sometimes the Knicks come off like they don't give a fuck about winning. They give a fuck about getting their boys paid or they give a fuck about controlling the narrative. Um, it seemed like the Knicks care more about their image than, than long-term views and, and things of that nature. You know, I, I get scared when I'm looking at this team right now. I like Jalen Brunson. I like Josh Hart. I like Randall. But I don't, I don't see the end game here. I don't see and, the end game here. What you're saying, what you're saying is, is logical, right? But it's just one side of the coin. See, and that's the issue I have is you make a lot, a lot of logical points, but you only give one side, right? So if, if you're going to give that one side, cool. Yes, huh? it looked like there's, it looked like there's some, some family ties. It looked like there's some favoritism. They're not, they're not communicating with the media. All that stuff is, is legitimate. All that stuff Dude. you're saying is correct. But okay. the flip side of that, let me give you the flip side of that. Go ahead. Right? So before Leon's regime, right, we mm-hmm. was the LOL Knicks. That we- was our culture. That was our reputation. Yep. And that was how we were viewed around the league. True. We are no longer viewed like that around the league now, right? No. That's number one. Now, number two, right? So the connections matter, right? Because without those connections that those guys came with, we would not have Jalen Brunson. And I don't care what anybody says. Jalen Brunson is becoming a star in the Knicks jersey. That's <laughs> what we're watching with our own eyes. He's becoming an NBA star in a Knicks jersey. What's your and definition the only of a star? What is my definition of a star? Yeah, what's your definition is a guy, of a star? Is a guy who gets on the court, no uh-huh. matter who else is on the court, uh-huh. he's one of the best players every single night, no matter who else is on the court with him, right? That's a star. So and you don't care I, about accolades or nothing like no, that. No, the accolades, the accolades matter too. That's why so I said he's becoming. That's why I said he's becoming a star. I said uh-huh. he's becoming a okay. NBA star. Okay. Right? Because uh-huh. the accolades do matter. But also what also matters is what you're seeing. You can't ignore that. So I can't ignore that when he's on the court opposing superstars. He looks just as official as those guys. I can't ignore that state. Uh-huh. That rings bells for me. Okay. Right? When I look at the clutch statistics in the NBA, and he's on the top of that list of scoring in a clutch, mm-hmm. that rings bells for me, state. I can't ignore that. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. So I, I like your definition of a star. Um, For me, uh. Julius, no disrespect to Randall and Brunson, but they're nowhere near stars to me. Um, they're good basketball players, in my opinion. I view Randall as a, an, a, an all-star now because he's a two-time all-star. But, like, Nick fans tend to throw the word star and superstar and all-star. Like, they tend to throw this shit around um, crazy. I'll give you an example. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, he's a star player. He's not a superstar. Baron Davis, he's a star player. He's not a superstar. 
Chris Webber. Do you view Chris Webber as a superstar or do you view him as a star? My fortune, man. My phone is in mine. Chris, at, at his prime, he was a Chris. Chris Weber, yes. at his prime, he was he was a superstar. So, so Chris, Chris Weber was a superstar during his prime, absolutely. So, so I, 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 I think the same way. I believe he was a superstar. Um, I go to my grave saying that the Lakers should have never won the 2002 championship. It should have been the Sacramento Kings, but they actually cheated the Sacramento Kings in game six um, and gave the Lakers 29 free throws in the fourth quarter. I remember that game like a baby. That was one of the games with, that made me to start hate, hating the Lakers. Um, with that said, <clears throat> Jalen Brunson might not be... He, he He's not a star right now to me. Um, can he change himself into a star? Yes, he can. Uh, Kyle Lowry did it. You know, Kyle Lowry was an, he was a good basketball player. How I view Brunson right now and Julius Randle, they was he was a good basketball player. He turned himself into a super well star player once he got into the playoffs every single year. And mind you, he got bounced out the playoffs a lot by Kane James, a, a, a superstar. But once Kyle Lowry was not put in the number one or number two option role, when he was put in his proper role which was the third option, his numbers went down, right? I believe his numbers went from, like, 20 points to, like, 15 points that season. But you still got the winning, the winning aspect of it. And since he was placed in his proper role, now he can, he can pick his spots. Now he, they, you don't got to rely on him to take the last shot of the game. Now you're relying on um, – Big dog Kawhi to take the last shot. Now you're relying on Pascal Siakam to be the second option. You know, uh, it's why I, I, I like the way the team is now. Um, but I just I don't know the end game. So since I don't know the end game, I always like to consistently ask questions about uh, what is the Knicks doing? How are they going to do this? Um, when are they going to pay this guy? Uh, what are we doing in the off season? I feel like it's always good to ask questions. It's always good to. You know, to just to make sure or reassure yourself that this team is going in the direction where they could possibly win a championship one day. Because I don't want to be like some of y'all other Nick fans, man. I don't want to be 60 years old or, or 50 some years old and never seen a championship. A lot of these dudes been on this earth for 40 years and they ain't never seen the Knicks win a championship, B. I don't want to be one of them motherfuckers. And the, then the people that never seen a championship, most of them motherfuckers is company men. How the fuck you company man is for this team? They don't deserve to have company men. Spurs, they deserve to have company men. Golden State Warriors, they deserve to have company men. Teams that win championships deserve to have company men. Well, Lakers well, fans, you, they you earned that right. What I'm, what, and you use the term company man carte blanche right it doesn't really have a particular meaning because you call for instance you call me a company man and i i believe i'm an objective knicks fan right i can call their failures their failures and i can call their successes their successes and i can watch what i'm looking right now and i can see growth and development and improvement and I can call it as such. And I, at the same time, I can say, hey, yes, we do have some, some coaching mishaps. 
and our coaches are probably a little bit too old and we need to make more adjustments. And I can evaluate and say, hey, the way we handled the Cam Reddish situation was not good. Uh, that was a failure. So I feel like what you use the term company men in a way that's <laughs> that's that 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 clouds the meaning. Um, wait, wait, hold on. How you gonna tell me? So this is what you can't do, right? You can't tell the originator of the term how to use the term, right? So, so Tramel, I'm from the hood, just like you, bro. When somebody creates a term, nobody can tell that person how to define that term. So when I well, I'm gonna I'm I'm go ahead and let Tony cook you for a minute, man, because Tony up here, I know Tony got something for you. It's just you know when 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 you're a company man, um, or you have company man tendencies. That's what I call your company man. For example, when somebody is telling me about the Knicks assets, that is company man. And I don't give a fuck about our assets. I could care less. I could care less. Stop mentioning assets to me. Don't mention trade for a star and this, that, and the third. And I don't want to hear none of that shit. All I want to hear about is how the Knicks can be better. Huh? Who is that? I don't even know who's speaking. What's up? You said it's my turn? Uh, I said it was your turn. You could go. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, uh, what's good? What's good, everybody? State, what's good, my boy? Sure, I'm good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm gonna, I don't want to debate with you, but I'm going to just say it like this. If you would have made up the term, you would have also had to tell everybody the meaning. When everybody know what, you know, when anyone calls somebody company man, ass shaker, <laughs> we all know what it means. The term been around for a long time, bro. Not even just in, ba not even just in basketball. Uh -huh. But let me let me tell your space what a company man is. Since, <laughs> since some people got it confused. So oh. a company a company man is this. If you if you if you cool with where the Knicks are right now. No, that's you're, not you're a, a company man. So if so if you like if you like Julius Randle, you think no, he's playing good ball, you're a company mm -hmm. man. No, hold that's on, not a company if man. if if you hold on, if you uh -huh. like Jalen Brunson and you okay with whatever they did to get him, you're a company man. If you like R.J. Barrett, if you like R.J. Barrett, you're good, you're volatile, you're toxic, and that's okay. If you like quickly and you ass shake for quickly, that's okay. That's not, that's not company man shit. Wait, what? You got to like Obi. That's not a company man. If you okay with what Tips is doing, you a company man. I'm just, I'm just telling you the selective, like, it's a select thing. <laughs> to be a company man. It's, it's, it's who is who the 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 few naysayers dislike or ain't with uh, or might have uh, might have at a time been proved wrong on uh -huh. that makes dudes out here company men. Tony, AKA why do you think let me ask you a question? Why do you think th this how I'm gonna fuck your head up? Because what you just said is poppycock. That's not the reason why I call people company men, right? Why do you think I call NYK mentality a company man? I mean, NYK is a little over the top, though. You know him. No, 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 no. But he's why? so positive, it's crazy. That's my man, though. Hey, man. Um, but I, State, I know it. I, I see oh, it. You know why, motherfucker? So say it. He, uh, he's a little too optimistic. I'll say that. Okay, so if you, if I, if you know what a company man is, why are you going to get up there and say, because oh, I've, I've, been, I've been in debates where uh -huh. you tried calling me or others that 
I'm agreeing with I'm in agreement with company men. <laughs> and, and real shit, honestly, it's just they spit a fact and you might not agree with it. Or other men who's on your side about it don't agree with it. It'd be but it's it's never a company man with somebody cheering for RJ. It's never ass shaking with somebody cheering for RJ. That just happens to be your favorite guy. Yo, yo, bro. Yo, bro. Oof. Being a Knicks fan for 21 years, Knicks fans don't treat their draft picks the way they treat journeyman vets, bro. This is how this goes. You had people coming on the app saying bench Josh, bench RJ Barrett for Josh Hart, right? So when I call certain people company men, when you company man and say something, some shit to me like, oh, well, you know, the Knicks got a lot of assets the next couple of years. You know? but, 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 but how about this? How about dudes Dudes show extra love to uh, – I my bad. Uh, Browns. I don't feel like he should get so much love that he gets, but people put it on. People show all love to Obi. These are their picks. I think you – feel that way because it's RJ that half of this app ends up hating on and you know I'm an RJ fan I think he's he's kind of warm the 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 this New York is volatile you know like they high on you as soon as you fuck up you suck you're the worst it's how it's how it's always been here bro well you know I gotta just Y'all just going to have to keep crying about R.J. Barrett, man. He's the highest pick since Patrick Ewan. He's the highest draft pick of my lifetime outside of still averaging 20. Huh? He's still averaging 20. As bad as everyone says he's doing, the kid is, you know, also putting up a 20-piece next to two 20-plus scorers. If the kid does turn it around and turn it up, I mean, what's turning it up? Say 45 46%, 22 points a game. I mean, that's, that's a fucking damn good player, so. You know, um, yeah, that is. But you know, I I still don't I don't know the end game here. Like I like what the Knicks are doing, but I don't love it because I don't. Well, because you you trying to skip to the end, and that's the thing. See, when I go, you know, I took my kids to the movie theater uh, the other night to see Ant Man, right? Right. And I already knew kind of how it was gonna end, but I didn't want to skip to the end. I wanted to enjoy the movie, right? Because I felt the movie was kind of entertaining. I kind of liked the vibe of the movie. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sit back and watch the movie and watch it develop. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm telling you as far as what you need to start doing in regards to the Knicks. You need to just sit back and enjoy progress, right? Because I'm not saying we're a championship team. Everyone knows we're not a championship team right now. But if you look at it, and, and you can go to a whole bunch of different metrics and you'll see we're a top 10 team across the board in many areas. Not just top 10 in the East, but top 10 in the entire NBA. That's progress, right? We also still got three starters in a rotation that's young, very young. And our vets, right, are, young, are on the younger side in regards to vets. So... We're making progress as a team, as a unit, as an organization. And that's what I want to enjoy. I want to just enjoy the, the, the progress and see what transpires and what develops moving forward because that's the unknown. Yo, we don't yo, know what – hold on, let me finish. We uh-huh. don't know what's going to happen in Dallas 
with the Luca and Kyrie situation. We don't know how that's going to turn out, right? We don't know what's going to happen in Boston. We don't know what's going to happen with some of these other teams that have superstars. So what I'm saying is, as long as the Knicks continue to build like they're building while maintaining the necessary pieces to go and get a, the next superstar when he comes available, I'm going to enjoy the pro, the progress, right? Okay. Now, now if, if we're no longer in that position to go get that superstar, that's when I'll start being pessimistic, pessimistic about the future because, like you said, okay, what's the end game? That's when you can start saying, what's the end game? The, the answer to that question is right now, we don't know because all the pieces haven't been moved on a chessboard yet, right? Yo, okay. my, queen, my queen right now, I haven't even put my queen in a lot of actions because my rooks and my knights is controlling the board right now. So what I'm telling you is we need to just worry about what's happening, how we're developing, how we're improving, and what are they going to do to get us a superstar in the in the near future? Y'all like that's that's what I'm what I'm focused on. I, I like what you're saying, but ever since I predicted that Almighty Fourth Seed conundrum bullshit, I'm going with my foresight over the Knicks' foresight. Matter of fact, the Knicks got out the first round one time in the past 22 years. So I'm going off of my foresight before I go off of the Knicks' foresight. I love what you just said. But I still have to ask questions because I don't know. I, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I don't know if fucking, fucking we get to the second round. I don't know if fucking Brunson gets hurt. He's out for a I don't know if fucking Julius Randle becomes a fucking MVP one day. I, like, I don't know these things. I'm just going off of based off my hunches about the Knicks the past few years, what I've been right about when it comes to the Knicks, and what I've been wrong about. And the way I'm looking at them right now, as presently constructed, this team looks like a first-round exit. And after they get dismissed out of the playoffs, it looks like a team that might operate out of de desperation and make a stupid fucking trade and, and, and try, to, try to speed up the process again. And I just prefer this team to get it out the mud. Um, I don't think this team will ever get anywhere special as, lo as far as as long as Julius Randle's here. And it's not because of Julius Randle. Um, it's the way that the organization treats him. Um, they treat him like a superstar franchise basketball player. That's not how this shit's supposed to work. Even with, even with Brunson. Like, Brunson is cool. Like, I like Brunson. He's cool. Like, I respect this game. But there's no fucking championship situation when I'm telling Brunson, shoot the ball 30 times. It's not how this works. I'm not going to Knicks fans and telling Knicks fans everything is going to be okay. But we're capped out. Right? We traded our first round pick. So now you telling me, Tremel, as a fan, I got to hope that another team is bad. I got to hope that a superstar acts out. I don't live my real life that way off of hope, and I damn sure don't live my Nick fandom off of hope. So with that said, that shit was poppycock, what you just said to me. And I, it's actually almost blasphemous that you would even try to suggest that to me. It's blasphemous. Well, and that's I, I love your point. I love your be, point. Blasphemous. It could be blasphemous, and I get your point. And what I'm saying is 
I don't necessarily disagree with everything that you're saying. And what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that that is the what I'm talking about is the unknowns of the NBA, right? Right. We didn't know coming into this season that Kyrie was going to get traded to the Mavericks and that KD was going to get traded to Phoenix. Right? Mm-hmm. We kind of mm-hmm. we we there was some rumors about it, but Mm-hmm. When it happened, it was a shock when when Kyrie put out that uh, to the team that he wanted a trade. Or he he wanted a, a, a trade during the trade deadline. That was a shock to everyone, right? And then when they traded him, they ultimately decided to trade KD. And now that team, uh, that New Jersey Nets team, now they're back to being. Now that's the when you talk about mid, that's what they are. <laughs> they're mid, right? Now now they're they're back to being mid because they don't have anybody on that roster right now capable of becoming an all-star anytime soon. So they're they're mid. Their organization is mid right now. And what I'm saying is with the Knicks, we got a lot of upside. We got our young vets, right? They're playing all-star caliber basketball. Right, and we got our young players. Look, look what Grimes did during the All Star Weekend. He was the best young player, and I know everybody's going to say, "Oh, that's just a recreational basketball game." Yada yada yada. And my counter to that is, yes, it was a recreational basketball game, but he was playing amongst his peers, right? And while playing amongst his peers, he was the best out of the crop. Yeah, I'd say. Stock into that game. I, I I agree with you on that take. I so, could... so regardless, regardless, that was a good showing uh-huh. from our young guy, right? So we we got something here. We got something. We, we we're still we still have an opportunity to improve this team, and we still have the pieces that when the inevitable happens because it's inevitable, just like what happened this year. Something's gonna happen next year. Somebody's gonna ask out. Somebody's gonna demand a trade. Somebody's gonna become available. And as long as we maintain the flexibility to go and improve and get that superstar, I'm gonna just sit back and evaluate the progress that we're making up. How many times until have we done that? that? How, many, how many times? How many times have we tried uh, to clear cap space for superstars? Have we tried to trade for superstars? It didn't work. Like how many times are we gonna do that? Again, this is the whole this is the whole thing. The Knicks have no interest in drafting and developing. They want to cheat the system. They want to clear cap space to sign an all star, or they want to save their picks to wait for somebody else to demand a trade so they can overpay for that superstar. And they want to get the finished product because they don't want to put in the work or effort into drafting and developing their own guys. I'm sick and tired of the Knicks always having to wait for somebody else to give them a fucking bone. Why do we have to wait for fucking Luka Doncic to ask out. Why do we have to wait for Joel Embiid to ask out? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why do we have to clear cap space in order to uh, to try to sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the offseason? It never fucking works. Why don't we try something different? Drafting our players, developing them, prioritizing them over everybody else. We're never going to do it, and we're never going to win a championship. That's why. But hey, Ari. Ari, now what I know about you and I appreciate about you is that you are a big mellow guy, as is myself, right? 
Yeah, I am. I, I love Carmelo Anthony. I love him. All right. So my where I'm getting that with that is we got Carmelo via trade, and Carmelo didn't fail us. It was the Knicks organization that failed Carmelo and failed the fans by not putting the requisite pieces around him to field a competitive team, right? Well, they gave and, up too many pieces in the trade. They should have just signed them in well, the offseason. I, I, but see, I kind of I, I understand that, and you're right, but here's, here's my point. My point is, even after you traded for him, you could have used that amnesty clause on yes. Amari Stoudemire, yeah, of right? You could have, and then if you did that, you could have, instead of signing Tyson Chandler, you could have used that money to sign Chris Paul, that which we high. all knew that Chris Paul wanted to join Carmelo. Definitely did. So what I'm saying is there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of ways to skin a cat, Ari. And yeah, I agree. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, yes, the draft is, is, yes, the draft is a great way to build. But at the same time, you. Oh, shit. My bad. I was trying to mute myself. Sorry. Y'all keep going. My bad. That was my fault. That wasn't y'all. That was me. I tried to no, mute. That's, that's cool. That's cool, State. Right. What I was saying is not only do you have to have the picks, but you got to pick the right players. And what I'm saying is the Knicks, they did not pick the right players for, for, for a few years. And that is why we're in the situation that we're in right now, because they had draft failures. And so when you're talking about prioritizing the draft, we also got to articulate that, that yes, because we, we had draft failures, that put us in this type of a situation here. Yeah, I mean, like, your argument is that you have to draft good players to prioritize the draft. I think that kind of goes without saying. <laughs> um, you know, so whatever. Listen, man, I'm just horrified that our two best players are Jalen Brown, excuse me, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And then we have $100 million invested in those three guys, and people are fucking happy about it. It just, it's just, it boggles my mind, honestly. Because in 2019, I remember everybody saying, no, we don't want to. We don't want to invest hundred million dollars in tier two NBA stars like Nikola Vucevic and Jimmy Butler. Meanwhile, we get Jalen Bre- uh, Brunson and Julius Randle, and because we win three games in a row, because we're the sixth seed, everybody wants to throw a fucking parade. It's embarrassing, in my opinion. Um, I think it's fucking stupid. But listen, as long as to the point is, we have the draft picks. As long as we have the draft picks, so we don't sell them off. Anything is possible in the future, but you know you got to draft you got to draft the players, man, and you got to develop these players that we have. Like, there's no like, who who are we trying to trade for? Like, I, I don't understand. We're probably going to draft someone this year. We're just going to throw them on the end of the bench and give them the OV treatment, okay? Yeah. Or are we going to punt it to next year because we want to sign somebody? And then what do we do next year? We're going to draft someone and again. Put them to the fucking gulag because now they're behind Grimes, Josh Hart, quickly because we're re-signing everybody. Like, <laughs> like what? What? Is, you're just devaluing your assets at that point because all you're doing is drafting them and putting them on the bench. So either that superstar that everybody wants demands out like next year, like like ASAP, 
or you're just going to devalue your future assets by playing that game. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, I, I'm staying away from that whole like superstar talk, star talk. I think it's annoying to me. Um, I I don't like to put that on. No, I I don't want to put that heat on nobody as far as like asking them who you want to trade for, who you want to get this, that, and third. Um, I like what Tremel said. Like we're we're trying to look for the next star, but at the same time, you know, somebody said that to me last summer. So never somebody said that to me the summer before. Somebody said that to me the summer before that one. Somebody said this to me in the summer of 2019 when KD and Kyrie did not come to the Knicks. So that's why, like, my sentiments on free agency and that, this, that, and they, this, and free agency, um, star trades, I, I just don't really care for none of that, man. Uh, all I care about is what we got in the, who we got in the building and how we're going to develop these kids in order to be better. Because once again, I made a great point the other day about um, teams building through the draft and championship caliber teams. A lot of these teams that we talk about throughout NBA history drafted either their one option, their two option, or their three option to their championship team. So what is the Knicks trying to do? The Knicks right now have two free agents that's the best players on, on their team. I named only two NBA teams in the past 40 years. 40. That their top two options, neither player was drafted there. Only gave you two teams. 2004 Pistons, 2021 Lakers. So in, in, in both teams, they won in seasons where there was a lot of caveats in it, right? Because the 2004 Pistons, they was, they was not supposed to beat the Lakers, man. They was not supposed to. What they did to the Lakers, basically, was catch the Lakers at a, at a, at a t- point in time where their chemistry was hampered because of the Carl Malone situation. Also, Carl Malone had got hurt. So that that that's an anomaly, man, for them to win the chip. And they had no superstar on their team. And, but they did have one of the best defenses of all time. Now, the Lakers in, 2020, in, in 2020, we all know, bubble ring, uh, the, the, the NBA bubble, you know, you get all your draft picks, you trade all your fucking draft picks for Anthony Davis, and you get one ring out of that. But outside of those two, I don't see another team that's trying to do what the Knicks is fucking doing. This is why I'm confused. Why? And state. What the fuck is the end game? What what is the end game here? That's why why the the most vital, most important piece on the team right now, hate it or love it, is your guy, R.J. Barrett. But this is why. <laughs> Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. He I, is the key to this whole shebang that they have going right now. Because if he doesn't turn into a star player, that is when what you're saying becomes. Oh, uh, I don't know. If, if he becomes a star player. Uh, Within the next two to three years, uh, now we're talking about something completely different because you're talking about a guy who's 24, 25. If he becomes a star in the league by then, now we're having a totally different discussion about the forecast and outlook of the Knicks. So that's why I'm still optimistic. because 
I realize what's going on underneath the surface. So, yes, as of right now, like you said, our two best players are two guys that we acquired the free agency, right? And, and in my opinion, we kind of lucked out with those two guys because Randall signing him, he's a two-time All-Star in a Knicks jersey, okay? So, hate it or love it, that was a good pickup, right? And Jalen Brunson coming off of that playoff run he had with Dallas in which he pretty much outplayed Donovan Spider-Mitchell in that first-round series pretty much basically at the start without Luka. Mm-hmm. For those six games, I'm that guy at the time, 25 years old, coming off of that, and now what he's doing now, that's a that mean that you got lucky, right? So we got lucky two times there. Now we need RJ Barrett to turn his game up. And I believe, and I I said this in the thread, I said this to you. After this break, it, it's my opinion that RJ's gonna get his shot fixed. And RJ is going to come back in these last 22 games, and he's going to ball out. He's going to take his game to another level going into the playoffs. What evidence, my what evidence do you have that makes you feel that he's going to fix his shot? Because I look at the last two breaks that he had. Every break, if you look at coming off an of all-star break, the level of play, RJ Barrett took his game to after that. Like, I feel like he's a player that he needs that extra time to work with his trainers. He needs that extra time to get to get his body some rest because he takes a lot of con- contact. He's a physical player, and he just needs that time mentally to kind of put his game into perspective and figure out his role. And I think he's he's that type of a player that coming off of this break, he's going to turn up a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, just, just remember where you heard it. When when the games start back on Friday, we're going to see a different R.J. Barrett. That's just my opinion. I hope so, man. Because when the game starts back on Friday, Quentin Grimes is going to back to his fucking corner. You know, that famous corner that everybody goes to, right? Um, we're going to go back to seeing Jalen Brunson shoot the ball a million times. And we're going to go back to Julius Randle foul line post-up isos. So I hope R.J. Barrett can get a rhythm. I'm hoping he can. I don't think he can. Uh, and, and that scares me. And the reason why I don't think he can is because this offense is horrific. Like, this offense is really it, – it is so bad. And I know that the, the, the statistics, I think we, we're top 10 in offensive rating and we're top 7 in and, and field goal percentage. All this – Dumb shit. This offense watching this shit is not conducive to a first round win. I, I just I don't like this offense. I don't like the role that Brunson is in right now. Because the man shoots the ball every fucking time he gets a chance. He doesn't even look for his teammates. I need to, I don't even know the stat. This is this is the shit that's mind-boggling. I don't know a stat where it shows me how many alley oops Jalen Brunson has thrown this season. Like this shit is wild. Like every time I look up. The man is shooting a contested mid-range jumper. Every time I look up, R.J. Barrett is on a fast break, literally passing it to nobody. 
Every time I look up, Julius Randle is in a fucking ISO. Every time I look up, Obi Toppin is standing in the corner calling for the ball for a three-point shot. This shit is mind-boggling to me. So that little game that you was talking about, when it when we was watching Quentin Grimes do certain things, he was pulling up with confidence, um, stop pop threes, uh, off the dribble mix, uh, uh, all the up and under. Like he was, he looked good. He will never look like that in the Nick jersey because these these young boys is handcuffed here. This coach is a dictator. He's a maniac. We will never see a Quentin Grimes Obi Top and pick and roll. We will never see a Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett pick and roll with Julius Randle screening for R.J. Barrett or, or, or Randle operating with the pick and roll set and R.J. Barrett is coming up screening for Julius Randle. We will never see these things. We will never see Randle at the five. I don't think I've seen that shit all season. I've seen that shit one time this year. Shit ain't fun for me. This coach got to fucking go. I hate this coach. Like, I... I never hated a Nick coach till I met un, until I got with Tibbs. And I, I was the person I got on the app. I used to defend Fisdale sometimes because I used to call him trash too. Fisdale was garbage. He was pathetic. But I used to get on the app and defend Fisdale because it used to be mind-boggling to me where fans used to get on him. The man starting center is Anus Canna, and the man is running offers through Mario Hezonia. He has no talent whatsoever on the team. You're damn right he's going to start the season on 4 and 18. You're fucking right. you damn fucking right. Y'all motherfuckers better thank fucking um, David Fisdale for putting the ball in Randall's hands to give Randall that confidence. Y'all better thank David Fisdale for, for giving putting the ball in fucking R.J. Barrett's hands to give him that confidence. I'm not confident in this coach. I'm not confident in my roster under this coach. And nobody on God's green earth can tell me the Knicks will get out the first round under this coach. This coach is a huge problem. He's a huge problem. No other coach in the NBA would allow Brunson to do what he do besides Tom Thibodeau. No other co- Yo, Brunson was not playing like this. He was in the Mavericks, bro. He was not playing like this, bro. This man does not have- Yo, he literally comes down on in- in- sessions and just don't give up the pill. Like, I don't I don't watch basketball for that shit. I hate that shit. That's the reason why I was getting on quickly ass. Calling quickly a ball hogging bitch. To the point where quickly, I know he saved my video. I know quickly saved that. I know quickly saved that video. <laughs> I know he saved the video. You can tell when a player sees the video because he blocked me the very next day. Oh, quickly got three assists to Cam Reddish. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I know what's up. I know what's up. How dudes was looking off Reddish. And as soon as Reddish go to Portland, people passing Reddish the ball crazy. As soon as Quentin Grimes, dudes was looking off Reddish. As soon as Quentin Grimes got in that starting lineup, people was passing him the ball. The only person that was passing Reddish the fucking ball in the starting lineup was fucking R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett barely was passing his ass the ball. The real person that was really giving the, giving the pill up to Reddish was fucking Julius Randle. And we really want to talk basketball. This selfish culture that a lot of you guys love, I don't like it. But I think your your man putting up, your man Brunson putting up, these these are cute numbers, Tramel. These are beautiful numbers, 24 and 11. But, brother, in a championship situation, just talking, think champion. 
Randall would never average 24 and 11. So you dudes better love this season that he's that he's having right now. Y'all better love it. Y'all better cherish it. You better remember this for the rest of your life, his 24 and 11. Because if we was in a championship situation, that man would be averaging 16 points and 10 rebounds. Are you shitting me? Jalen Brunson in a championship situation, that man is averaging 15, 16 points and, and, and five assists. Hey, yo, State, brother. What? Yo, man. So I don't want to interrupt you. Keep cooking. But I got to no. go, man. I got a meeting to go to. But it's all love, man. You know, I'm always going to come on here and chop it up with you. And we're going to go back and forth and do what we do, man. So we're going to keep it going, man. But but shout out to you. Shout out to Ari. Shout out to Side Chick. Shout out to all my next family that's here listening. Peace and love to all y'all. And I wish nothing but health, wealth, and success for all y'all, man. Brownsville, out of here, man. Appreciate you, yo. Neat. I need. I love these convos. I love when people disagree. I love the back and forth banter. Those that the back and forth banter and all of that. I do that for a reason. Um, motivational purposes only. Also, when I'm listening to, I listen to podcasts myself. You know, I listen to other people's pods. I listen to everybody. I turn off your podcast when I feel like you're not being authentic. When I feel like you're being a company man. Or when I feel like you're just outright lying to me, or if I don't relate to you, that's when I turn off your podcast. So this is why I love these conversations, and I love calling people company men because calling people, calling a person a company man, gets the blood juice flowing. It's almost like calling somebody company man is a derogatory term. Like it's, it's people really take that shit serious. A dude cursed me out on Twitter Spaces like a week ago. Because he said, yo, don't fucking call me a company man, State. I said, oh, yeah, goddamn, bro. I I, I call you out your name. I ain't trying to disrespect you. So um, I appreciate the combo that we had today. Um, now, I would like for you guys to go to my partners on Nick Spaces. My guy, Brutus, and those guys, they're actually hosting the space right now, too, as well. Um, I actually did not know these guys were fucking doing a uh, uh, goddamn Twitter space until I actually looked at my phone and seen it. Um, I'm a person, I don't have a schedule when I do pods. I just do them when I feel like it and I put them out. So don't ask for me, yo, state, when the next time you, you, you gonna have a Twitter space. I'm just having it whenever I feel like talking ball, I just start it. I don't, I don't even announce it to nobody. I just start the shit up. So appreciate y'all for um, tuning in. Yo, yo, Ant Man, you another company man, motherfucker. Talking about RJ Barrett, your bum. Lucky I ain't bring you up here today. Cause I'd have cursed your ass out, and all love though. Appreciate you, man. Um, appreciate all you guys that's tuning in, man. Um, IQ, appreciate you too. DFS, uh, Christian, um, the people that popped in earlier, man. I appreciate all of y'all. Uh, time to end the space. Let's go to our brothers and sisters on the other space. Shout outs to Brutus too.